Welcome to episode 211 of the Overlook Hour. I am your host, Clark Little. Joining me, as always, is the man over in Oakland. He's doing fine. Sure, he's breathing in smoke. Yes, he had a COVID scare, but he's here with us right now. It's Randy Michaelstad. Yes, sir. That is me. Randy, how we doing? I'm doing all right. We got a four-hour episode for you this week. Randy, I mean, we say it every week, and, and every week I'm just defeated. I'm <laughs> tired. I'm a little angry. Um, immediate, I immediately play Monday morning quarterback as soon as this is, is episode. I don't three. know what that is. That means that you, you, you overanalyze everything. You can't celebrate your wins. You're only concerned about your losses. And you, you just gripe, you moan, you try to figure things out. Joining us this week in the episode is Jasadi Perkins, who is here. Jasadi, hello. What's up? How are we? I'm doing good, man. We had a long-ass interview, but... Uh, you telling me. It was fun. I'm tired. You're still wearing your, your uniform. I'm still in my uniform. That's how dedicated you are. Exactly. I'm sweating Randy, he's and got sticky. he's got his uh, white-collared shirt on, his khakis. Solid. Oh, he's even got his work badge. <laughs> got my work badge Look with at me. That. Hell yeah. Also joining Gotta stay us classy. Every intro is Oksana Valerian Osachi. Hi. Oksana, how are we today? Um, I, I'm not as defeated as you both look right now, so <laughs> I, we, I'm going to count that as a win. What were, you, what, were you, what were you able to do down there? You could have baked five souffles during the time <laughs> that we were up here. <laughs> no, I didn't do any of that. All right, Oksana, um, will tell us about what we're going to do here in the quarantine like she does each and every week. Uh, but before we do that, uh, tell you about the interview that we've got for you. Uh, Chris DePratis joined us. Uh, Chris is a guy who went to the, coincidentally, and we say this during the interview and uh, during the intro as well, uh, went to the same high school as one Randy Michaelstead. And while Randy was at home, Randy, what was this for? Was this for Labor Day? Were you found uh, out or? It may have been. I don't know. I generally go back to Pleasanton every like two weeks or so. Uh, yeah, a few few weeks ago, you went back once a home. fortnight. Once a fortnight, and your mom told you uh, that there was a movie that took place in Pleasanton. And then Randy, you did some uh, brief minor research because you're a scholarly gentleman, and you found out that you went to the same high school as Chris. And then, uh, of course, we, we were uh, able to get in contact with him and um, got him on the show. And he talked about his film Death Blood 4, Revenge of the Killer Nano Robotic Blood Virus, uh, which is available on Amazon Prime Video right now. So uh, please check that out. Uh, listen to the interview. Uh, Chris is a great guy. Um, and then as Josadi brings up, uh, did a music video for the late Nipsey Hussle, uh, which Russell, Russell, he really stuck on that Nipsey Hussle thing. He's, he's trying to get as many ears on the program. So he's naming all the popular things that the kids are into. So uh, short answer. Yes. The Overlook Hour is trying to sell out. Uh, we will buy um, at any time. Yes, we do understand that peace sells, but who's buying? Hey, Randy can, saw them in concert. Who? Megadeth, Randy. <laughs> oh, I did see them. Yeah, I'm sure you didn't make it to that song because I'm sure they've closed every concert they've had out with that song for 40 years. <laughs> I'm Clark Little. Oksana, tell us what we can watch during quarantine. Week 911 yep. of quarantine. Yep, yep. 
luckily our film festivals in San Francisco have not uh, given up hope, even though most of them are now virtual. Um, so the 17th, the day this episode airs, is opening night of Frameline 44, which is San Francisco's international LGBTQ plus film festival. Um, they will be running until the 27th. They have documentaries, world cinema, shorts, um, and you can see their full program at frameline.org. We are also one week away from a new event from another hole in the head. It's, um, it'll be opening night of Mr. Holehead's Warped Dimension Film Festival. I know. Which is going to be running from um, the 24th to the 29th. They have $10 day passes. You can watch as much or as little as you want. Um, let's see. On the 19th, Saturday the 19th, they're going to do a free preview night on Zoom. They're going to have trailers, teasers. You'll be able to talk to the programmers. And you can get a link to that at ahith.com. That Friday, the 18th, Alone, which premiered at Fantasia, we did not get to watch it, but it looks really good. Um, that's going to be coming out from Magnet Releasing. Um, I've seen some good reviews of it. Then Sunday the 20th um, is a premiere of a new found footage short from Creepy Pizza, who the team behind um, Infection, which is a smile dog short that came out a couple weeks ago. They are doing a found footage short called Bloody Mary. And they are doing, they're trying to do a short every other Sunday. Mm -hmm. So subscribe to their YouTube for new stuff all the time. Do you ever do the Bloody Mary thing in front of the mirror? No, I don't think so. Terrified me. Terrified. I never. You did it? Oh, yeah. You well, did this, it? You this short volunteered might be. to do it? I, 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 <sighs> you supposed to do it three times or five times? Three. Okay, I did it two. I did it two times. I never could do the three. Why would you see? Because I was scared. So I, I got into a fight with a student because I went into the bathroom and they all went in. And I was just using the bathroom, but they closed the door and turned off the lights and was getting ready to do it. And I was so scared that I started, like, swinging. <laughs> I, was, I had to be like... I had to been like in like the second or third grade, but I was just like swinging. I just couldn't handle it. I, I was so Fair. scared of it. I'm probably still scared to this day. For any questions, queries, <laughs> concerns, or comments, please direct those at podcast at overlooktheater.com. Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, the other one. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell an enemy. It's not any of my business what you do on your own personal time. The Overlook Hours available on Facebook is the Overlook Hour. The Overlook Hours available on Instagram is the Overlook Theater. And the Overlook Hours available on Twitter is the Overlook Hour. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell an Randy. So they don't actually need our promotion, but uh, the New York Film Festival is digital uh, this year, too, and there's some good stuff. So if you're into that, uh, check that out. What uh, When's it come out? Uh, I think it starts next week. Yeah, but one ticket's like 25 US dollars. Some were. Some of the bigger films were like 25, and I think the cheapest was 12. Wait, per film or? Yeah. Yeah. New York Film Festival, brother. Money grows on bagels. Everything's more expensive in New York. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, also, season four of Fargo returns on September 28th, uh, featuring Chris Rock. I'm very excited. Yeah. Also, Jason Schwartzman. Because why wouldn't you pair those two gentlemen together? That's how you sell a show. Rock Schwartzman. Boom. For Russell, Randy, Oksana, Jasadi, and myself. 
enjoy this episode. We talk about flight simulators to Epstein Island. <laughs> we talk about song parodies. We talk about penises because it always comes up. Also, you just don't want this episode to end, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
So why did Dyson? I think <laughs> I think I think Dyson's is better. I because it, they've reinvented no, the the hand drying game. I'm not a huge. Hand what do you mean by hand dryer? Like like on the wall? Do you remember movie theaters? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I can answer your question. Like, those, like the air blade yeah, things. Those are better. So they only work if there's no um, thing at the bottom. They need to be open-ended because it, you know how some of them would shoot down, but then there'd be a little plastic part to catch yeah. it. They say that just throws the shit back up at you. Oh. But if there's nothing at the bottom, those are chill. So my hands have never been clean at the AMC <laughs> Metro. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're kind of getting all the other shit that was in there too thrown in. Yeah. Do you think I'll ever haunt those halls again? At the Metreon? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, how's, how's it doing? I can't imagine what the rent's like. Oh, my goodness. Do they not own it? Have you been paying for your membership this whole time? No, they, they okay. shut all that down. Same with Cinemark. They shut down all the uh, paid things. That's why I buy sushi two times a week. <laughs> <laughs> I think not? there's a, I don't know if it's an AMC. Something's open in Santa Rosa that's playing Tenet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, why, why are they not going the VOD route at all? Because Nolan doesn't want it on VOD. Nolan's a yeah. piece of garbage. Well, well, also, mean, they it. won't show it in... I may have said this on here. They'll only show it in drive-ins if the same city also shows it in actual theaters, Yeah, which is like the wackest logic ever. Now, are the tickets... like Are they comparable? Is like a drive-in cheaper? I don't, it depends on where you go. The West Wind in Concord is like 825 Per person, oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Some places you pl- you pay like uh, twenty or thirty bucks, like for the car. So, like if you're going solo, like I would be, it's uh, it's better to go to like a uh, the West Wind. I get it because if you're rolling with like five people in your car, oh, they each got yeah. You can't hide nobody in the trunk. I mean, you probably could. <laughs> you can what? try it. Look. I don't- <laughs> I've had people in my truck before. Get the fuck out of here. How did you keep me? I'm sorry. Y'all got a new interior designer or something? You know, all so many doors in there. <laughs> <laughs> Running out of doors. What is this? Is MC Escher house? I don't get it. Don't, just let the silence. Okay. <laughs> Was it Jim Morrison here or something? God. I like that. No more comedy bits. All right, this comedy bit bit. Comedy shits. That's what it is. <laughs> Randy, I thought you had a COVID story you wanted to share. Oh, yeah. That was a, uh, a thing. I woke up Sunday, Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, for work, I generally log on here at like 7.30 and I'm off by like 4. So apparently Friday, I got an email like towards 5 p.m. That said, hey, you were in our building uh, on Thursday. And we also found out that one of the building staff, I think it was like a a janitor or something, was also on your floor, and uh, they just tested positive for COVID-19. So I was like, oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm probably going to have it, and I'm going to die. Well, Randy, if you've been hiding in your closet for a fucking half a year, driving around in your car with the mask on and the windows up, and then you <laughs> got it from going to work because one janitor like snuck across the border and gave it to you. How fucking <laughs> shitty would that be? It'd be kind of shitty, but I I honestly think I'm fine. I don't remember seeing any of the building staff while I was there, so it's probably yeah. fine. Yeah, no, it, you'll totally be fine. There's There's a thing now where it's breaking out in colleges. 
like um, sororities and fraternities are just exploding with it. Yeah. And, you know, they love to talk about it. And but it's kind of like, well, how many of them have gone to the hospital? And it's like, well, like none, because it only kills one percent. You know what I mean? And it's terrible. Yeah. But Randy, you're not that lucky. <laughs> you're going to be stuck <laughs> with us for a while. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Now, Clark, you were excited to talk about this earlier. Yeah. Now, I, I, um, I showed you this video. You want me to look it up? Yesterday. Eh, it's, uh, whatever. Okay. Whatever you want to do. Uh, artistic Ranger near it. Um, now, R- Russell, what did you think of when I told you of what happened and then you actually, you sat there, we watched the whole 20 minute video. So um, I think I was working on producing the show, although it doesn't show. And uh, does. you, uh, you're like, hey, give me that control. Because by producing the show, I mean watching YouTube. And then you're like, no, I got something to show you. And I'm like, all right, fine. Now, like, what typically goes through your head when I tell you I have something to show? Uh, oh, I don't know. Usually it's like a podcast or something. Yeah. And the only thing is I don't watch a lot of my podcasts. I listen to them at work because I have the luxury. Or it's something weird. And I mean, usually you're right and I enjoy everything. But when you told me um, it was a flight simulator, I was, I was kind of like, oh, so, fuck. Uh, Mr. Perkins and Mr. Stat, I watch a lot of uh, specific video game youtube videos that's either football related or racing related uh specifically formula one i watch a lot of videos about formula one video games um and because of this uh suggested videos pop up on my feed all the time about flight simulators so now i've gotten into to, uh watching flight simulator videos and i find them very calming and i, I think oh, yeah, that I, I would get into flight simulating um but one came across uh that was not uh, was done not by a uh gamer uh russell informed me that he is a lifestyle uh streamer now yeah. russ what exactly would this qualify he, he lives as? on twitch yeah, that's what it looks like. So he, he just, does yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So apparently I just looked this up. I was trying to find the exact um, title of this video. Uh, the gentleman's name is Pay Money Wubby. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he became he's quite a uh, big streamer. And uh, he became famous because he pooped himself uh, on stream. Oh, he's that guy. Yes. What? OK, because I heard about that. Yeah. I shit myself. Are you telling me all I have to do is stream it, then I'll become famous? Correct. Now, oh, there's another streamer who I heard about today that took a shit on Nancy Pelosi's uh, lawn <laughs> and live streamed. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't look into it or anything. But there's a nut that reminds me. This is other like video game streamer who <laughs> who got caught jacking off. <laughs> Just how do you idiot? <laughs> no, no, what are you five years old? You're like, you can't even you can't no, even no, articulate. Because it. he didn't he didn't realize that the stream was still going. And oh, it was in between like a match. I don't know. <laughs> he just saw his hair going back. That's oh. I don't know. So back to pay money wubby. Um he posted a video uh last week called Flying to Epstein's Private Island. <laughs> <laughs> and so he got on this flight simulator game and uh he tried to find uh Epstein's private island. Now in this particular uh video, the 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 island was actually not there on the map, but he was able to find the coordinates, and so he logged in the coordinates there in the simulator. And um, he eventually got to the island. 
um, after some uh, comical errors on his end with not having the right drivers um, for his uh, controls. For his complicated yeah. joystick companion to the flight simulator. Right. And uh, it's very entertaining video. They finally get to Epstein Island. And what well, the interesting thing is that... Um, he, so he's he's doing a live stream. So I saw this on YouTube, and everything's already f- finely edited. So so the live stream goes on for hours, but this was it was edited down to a twenty minute video on YouTube, which I think is a smart thing to do, yeah. uh, because the flight simulator went on for at least two to three hours, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of his followers were there with him. And so you just see airplanes zooming by him, trying to crash into him. <laughs> and then they all land at the island at the same time. And this tiny little island <laughs> has so many planes just all around it. And uh, it's very entertaining. Do you, do you want to you taste of him? Because, you know, the thing about live streamers, big personality, he's, he's fairly funny. Like I w- I always approach these things kind of like closed-minded somehow. I- I'm just being honest and looking at him. I'm like, I don't know about this fucking dude, but he yeah. quickly grew on me. Yeah, I yeah they they've got a lot of weird interaction things going on with their live stream. Like it's different than what we do, but dude, it looks like so much fun. Imagine getting paid to do this. Here, let me. What is that? Yeah, here you want to hear. There are children on board. Disengage. There are children on board. Disengage! Disengage! I can't flip. I can't flip. Disengage! I can't flip. I can't flip. I don't know what to do. Okay, I'm gonna... Yeah, it's a lot of him freaking out. So he... The background... I mean, he's a giant green screen, obviously. And then he wears a green screen suit. And just... And so you can't see uh, but as he is uh, flying the flight simulator, he's got his uh, World War II Red Baron uh, get up on. Here we go. This is him uh, landing oh, yeah. on, uh, on Epstein Island. That was a rough landing. <laughs> yeah, it's... he crashed several times before. <laughs> yeah. Now, the interesting thing is they do use. <laughs> it's the real Where formation of the island. Look at the yeah. whole squad. We made. So look at all these airplanes <laughs> hopping up. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> so many people here. Now he's able to drive around in his jet yeah. on the land, and I don't know anything about this flight simulator, but I've heard a lot of people talking about it. Just the uh, processing power and the amount of uh, you know frames that can be rendered at one time and. It looks fucking crazy. It looks insane. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, if they have the exact coordinates of the island that Epstein was on, are these buildings accurate? Because I'm, they're not what I imagine. Yeah, no, it's a l- little shanty shacks all He's over the place. He's got shacks. Like, I just imagined a big palace where you, you know. And from what I understand, this is fairly close to Costa Rica. I believe. Is that right? I can't. I don't know. I don't so, remember. In Through this video, you know streamer aside it is very interesting just seeing the location of this like because i don't know what you guys imagine it it almost feels like it's not a real location yeah and then you know to see it on a map and have a dude comically i 100 uh, percent would uh would play a flight simulator the only flight simulating i have uh, experience in is uh, grand theft auto 5 which yeah. of course <laughs> my favorite pastime is going uh to the Los Santos International Airport and hijacking airplanes. Oh, I've yeah. gotten very good at that. <laughs> yeah, same here. 
should have played Battlefield. Being a pilot was very valuable. You know what, man? Battlefield, I played it for about two days. And I enjoyed it, and then I never played it again. Yeah. That's typically it sounds like everything you do. Is a giant, I, 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 once I got out of the tank, I'm like, uh, I want to go back in the tank. I like the tank. <laughs> ba- Battlefield <laughs> Online is so fucking hard. Like, as soon as I get dropped in, oh, I die immediately. What? Like it, especially what was the the Battlefield one? It was like the World War Two one. Yeah, that shit was hella hard. It's fun. I think the first one might have been. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I haven't played those in forever. But if you play with three other people and you have yeah, a squad, but you're playing with like a hundred people and on the online. well, that's why that's why the group dynamic is supposed to be four and it'd be like us three and Randy. So here's the thing about that: you gotta actually have. I know. I know. Yeah. Who, have, who play video games? Randy, you want to play Battlefield with me and Jasani? Oh, I'm out. Yeah, I don't know how I could, but sure. <laughs> You've got zero gaming consoles over there? Uh, that, yeah, that's correct. He's got the Wii, baby. Oh, no, you don't got the Wii no more? <laughs> no, that was at my parents' house like years ago. Brandy, that's not true. You have a, you have a, um, a Super Nintendo. Yeah, that's true. It's not plugged in, but I could technically play it. Not going to play Battlefield. <laughs> hey, you, have a, you have a modded Super Nintendo, Ooh. shall we say. Yeah, it's got like hundreds and hundreds of games on it. I'm sure it would be fun for anybody that wants it. Uh, let me know. <laughs> Are you Damn. selling it? Uh, yeah, sure. We'll talk off air. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want a retro gaming system. My, my modded Super Nintendo is tight. It's got 189 games and 161 of them are sports. <laughs> <laughs> There aren't Dude, that many. I'm telling you right really? now. Really? Are yeah. you serious? Dude, I have every sports games, every sports game yeah. from creation to 1994. <laughs> yeah, okay. Damn. I'm telling you, dude, it's, and he wait, loaded it up with sports games. Three of them are fun. <laughs> no, I, 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 <laughs> remotely I mean, fun. Look, there are some that will, I will, um, I'm, I'm currently playing and it's going to take me forever to do this. Uh, but I'm trying to get through an entire regular season of King Griffey Jr. Presents Major League Baseball. Okay. Oh, uh, which is one of my favorite games of all time. That. It's the best. It's a, it's my favorite sports game. It's completely ridiculous. <laughs> but it's great because uh, they didn't have, uh, they had the rights to the MLB, but I think they had issues with the Players Association. Yeah. So there's no players in the game oh, except for King Griffey Jr. <laughs> so all the characters' names are ridiculous yeah. character <laughs> names that are typically have something to do with the city they're in. All right. So, like Edgar Allan Poe, <laughs> Edgar Allan wow. Poe plays for uh, the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. So it's it's things like that. How's the story mode? Um, Believable? So, no, there's no, there's no story <laughs> mode in 1993. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking. I used to play triple play. That oh, was yeah. my, that was my favorite game. Uh, so I'm trying to get through a whole season, which is 162 games. Yeah, dude. I'm at like know. 40. Yeah, we used to play like actual sports till midnight, and then move inside and play triple play. Mm-hmm. That's what I did in middle school. I remember I had the old Madden where it was just like dots running around throwing a little brown dot. <laughs> I mean, it ain't much better now. <laughs> You should read the reviews for the new Madden. (laughs) Mamma mia. I heard the new 2K is trash, too. Russ, when are we going to buy the new Tony Hawk? Let's pull the trigger. I don't know. Yeah, we we totally No, I'm trying to get that BMX Triple X, baby. Oh, God. We watched that yesterday. (laughs) No, we were watching Dave Mira Triple X. Oh, yeah, Dave Mira. Yeah. BMX Triple X is another game. Oh, that was a different one. 
Yeah, there, the there's Dave, a genre. Yeah, I, I had no idea. The only Dave Mirror I knew was Dave Mirror 2, which I love. One, uh, again, one of my games I grew up playing. I had no idea he did this triple X thing. And we were watching this yesterday, Randy. We, I learned about, did you know Dave Mirror made a porn <laughs> fucking <video>. bike game? <laughs> uh, no. Randy. Randy. No. So I'm confused already. Dave Mira didn't make it. It was a and claim. We, right? we learned he got very angry when he found out about it. Yeah. In the game, what you would do is unlock scenes of girls stripping. Yeah. Although I don't think there was actually any nudity, even though Jasadi was yelling, let's see the titties at the screen. Because no, it no, there was a screenshot of somebody riding on a bike with some yeah, titties. That, that was yeah, her Laura Croft triangle titties. <laughs> yeah. Hey, titties I'm talking about titties. the I'm talking about the like real video oh, yeah. rendered. They showed, oh like, yeah. There was like so there's like a scene where you'll like pull up on your bike and then the bouncer's like, hey man. Man, get out of here if you want to get in if you don't have cash you don't get no ass so like you gotta do some tricks and get some coins and you get inside the strip club and you just get a little bit of footage of some girls stripping. you get some like mountain dew model <laughs> taking off her pom-poms now i i will say again the, the writing on this is absolutely atrocious <laughs> the graphics are horrible uh but there is one redeeming quality in the character of homeless jones, homeless jones. who speaks like scat man Oh, He's man. like scuba down, down, somebody down, and it's like, can you go collect five aluminum cans for me, so you can buy a hot dog? Yeah, so he can buy a <laughs> hot dog. <laughs> yeah, that game was fucking terrible. All right. Um, ooh, should I pull? Oh, the- I'm not, no, I'm let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, you want to bring it back to film then? Yeah, what we got? I got uh, next on the docket? I got some dorks talking about some shit that I was gonna I queued up for you. So I, I watched yeah. this. Uh, Hold on, let, let me play it first, and then Randy can guess. Okay, perfect. Here we go. It took a five minute exposure per frame twice because he had to do the left side and then the right per side frame on that one frame. So it's ten minutes to get one frame, and there's twenty four frames per second. So it's like hundred and twenty minutes. It was like two hours per second. Of this sequence, Jeez. two hours of time to create one okay. second of footage this is a here. Month-long process to make. Oh, at least it was probably several months. Randy, you got to guess as to what movie they're talking about. Um, no, some F.W. Murnau film. I'm gonna say. <laughs> I cut you off there, uh, but it's a hint. Let's play it again. All right. The Shining is a good movie. I don't know some Kubrick movie. Come on, take a guess. 2001. 2001. There you go. Okay. Uh, so the the this corridor crew. Randy, are you familiar with the corridor crew? Have we have we showed you videos of them before? No, I don't YouTube. <laughs> You're missing out. They, they, these guys are great. They're all special effects artists, and they do a podcast where they talk no, about. No, they don't. Is that, would there be a podcast? Well, it's a it's a video thing. It's a, it's a YouTube. It's YouTube. It's video content. Everything's a podcast. Everything's a podcast to you. I That's understand. That's a podcast. No. It's all That's podcast, a live stream. <laughs> it would not be a thing if it were not for podcast. I get it. Thank you so much. It's a video thing <laughs> <laughs> that these uh, special effects guys do. And um, they generally break down special effects. Uh, very, they're very knowledgeable, and it's, it's very interesting. Uh, they also have very high view count and um they 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 also bring in uh stunt doubles and they talk about uh stunts of course and uh video effects but anyway this was referring to the last uh scene in 2001 a space odyssey randy where where we see all the uh the lights were going through the the black hole of time and we're and they yeah. were explaining how kubrick uh got that effect 
and essentially um they cut uh they had a giant black screen and they cut a slit on that screen there's a dolly that goes in front of the screen and then they pull the dolly up to the slit and when they've got the uh they have the, the frames yeah. yeah it's overexposed yes and then yeah it moves by a still image yeah so they they and then they slightly move so they've got like um on both they on both sides they've got uh, paintings of just like oh, uh, very various colors and various formations so when they move that it catches with the camera and so they were explaining the amount of time that it took to get that sequence done well the thing is i think they only had one painting so yeah. they had it and they just dollied the camera by very slowly and that's why those dorks were talking about it taking months because after it was done with just capture, I think it was they were talking about five minutes for one second, yeah, or something. And then ten minutes, um, yeah, and they ten had minutes, to, they ten had to minutes, flip it. Ten minutes for one frame, and they're twenty four frames in a second. Yeah, but Randy, if you're going to get on YouTube, you should watch Corridor Crew. Um, when uh Madeline was still alive and kicking before Joey Diaz killed her, uh, RIP Marbles, she came over and showed me. Uh, they're three dorks who are younger than us. It'll infuriate you, but they talk about. <laughs> cgi in a very serious and artistic way and they technical too so it actually i think in that episode they're talking about the in-camera effects of 2001 yet hmm. they're making fun of charlie's angels bmx scene yeah so it, <laughs> it's a good mix and they kind of uh i don't know they've introduced me to a dialogue i i had no words for originally huh. yeah, yeah so it sounds it, cool yeah, it's very highly produced. And they, they also explain um, in the, the first act where we are um, on the Pan Am flight uh, and we see the pen floating in space and we see... Oh, the, yeah, it's just yeah. a piece of glass with tape. Yeah, a piece of glass. Yeah. And there's a small amount of glue that they tape the pen to this uh, giant pane of glass. And um, it had to be a huge pane of glass. As, uh, the pen's not very close to You're the camera. You're such a dork. Yeah. Why are you so excited about 2001? <laughs> it's my favorite movie. I know, but you threw that on. You're just like, dude, check it. I'm like, all right. It's great. You like, enjoyed we all, that. We all know Kubrick was a tyrant and a genius. And yay. <laughs> Why are you so angry about Kubrick's success? See, there's I'm a, not. he hates Kubrick. He's a hater. It's yeah, coming out. Pretty soon he's going to get me too, and they're going to dig him up and burn his body. Ask him, <laughs> ask him what his favorite Stanley Kubrick movie is. First of all, prepare yourself. <laughs> now your ask him what his favorite Stanley Kubrick movie is. What's your favorite? Do I have Kubrick? an answer to that? Yes, you do. Uh, Barry Linden. I don't know. I'm, I just I threw that out See, there. I don't know. Yeah, it's Barry Lyndon. You always shut. say Barry Lyndon. They exposed Trump sh- before oh. he ever even got into office. <laughs> okay, first of all, Eyes Wide Shut is a Steven Spielberg picture. <sighs> Thank you very much. All right, is you it? want to know my favorite one? I like Eyes Wide Shut. Though. It's Room Three Forty Three. <laughs> It's a it's a fucking epic. God, movie. how could he be so far off? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was that's my favorite Cobra so clip, well. though. All right, you yeah. like Barry Lyndon more than The Shining? I I really like Barry Lyndon. I've only seen it one time, and then uh, when I was deep into my um, I don't know when I was getting pegged as a Kubrick hater, which yeah. I'm not. You are. I, you I are. just I don't think about him that much, honestly. You're missing out. Um, you know, uh, and I was actually researching things for to help my argument on uh this platform you put me on. Yes, and you know it, and I discovered that there's a modern car in Barry Lyndon in the background. I'm yep. like, yeah. He's just a dude. I don't hate anybody. I love everybody. It's not true. I found out that in uh, the new Little Women that 
Greta Gerwig directed. <laughs> yes. There's a water bottle in one scene. Is it really? Fuck. Yeah. I saw it in the picture. That's Game I of know, Thrones. so did I. I didn't notice until uh, someone on a podcast mentioned it. Yo, when I, I thought it was a mistake. So I was watching uh, Marie Antoinette. Yes. And there's a... Uh, Is it another uh, Sofia Coppola reference? Yeah. There's a Converse in the shot. A shoe? A Chuck a Taylor? Con- a Chuck Taylor. And it's huh. like, obviously, it wasn't a mistake. And then when I, re- when I looked it up, I guess she's, she claimed that she did it purposefully. Like, now, yeah, I, I could see that for her. Because yeah. I did not see Marie Antoinette. Uh, because I value my time wisely, <laughs> but from what I understand, like, wasn't there modern music? Wasn't she doing like a yeah. total twist with the whole narrative? Well, yeah, the music, yeah, the music was modern. So, like, yeah, I can understand that. But then, like, the fact that like you're seeing all this stuff that ta- that's in the same time period, and all yeah. of a sudden you just see this random ass Chuck Taylor. Like, wait, hold up. I don't, I don't dig it. I don't like the modern music and like. You what? know I what? Was I, I, I didn't become, watch it. I've become more forgiving of it. But there are times where it just it really throws me off. I, I stopped watching Peaky Blinders because of it. Oh, okay. Because Peaky Blinders opens up uh, with uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds playing Red Right Hand. Okay, but it's not like a cover or anything, no. right? But I'm like, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like, <laughs> wait, so in... Okay, you know what? I haven't seen that movie, and it's so old. Nicky and I remember everybody making a big deal out of it. It's like, oh, Marie Antoinette, but it was modern music. I'm talking more about, like, American Horror Story, when in uh, season five, and it's, like, a character singing David Bowie before it's ever even been written by Derry, uh, David Bowie. Yeah. I oh, I fucking hated that. I was, for a brief there's moment. There's a season five? Goddamn. There's nine or ten. Only, like, season one. Uh, two was my favorite, I think. I hate them all. Every time it comes up, I haven't seen half of them. I always, I feel like I'm always in a bar and I'm always getting into an argument with people. Everybody's got their favorite season and it's always different. And they're always wrong. And I have to tell them, no, season two's the best. Season, um, yeah, season one's the best. I don't know what you're talking But anyway, while we're talking about uh, music. Gimps and horror. Like when you fuse <laughs> gimps and horror, like that's the perfect thing. Like gimps what are already. He was in you're a just, gimp suit. That's. In, he, he was in a latex suit. It was a gimp suit. I'm done with gimps. I, <laughs> Can we be done with the gimps? What, gimps wasn't a trend? I'm trying to bring it back. Tarantino baby. ruined gimps for everybody. He yeah. introduced them and ruined it at the exact same time. True. You know, I like the I like the eight millimeter gimp. That's my favorite gimp. Oh, that's a good gimp. Uh, Come to daddy. Come <laughs> to daddy. And eight millimeter is a good movie. Uh, that's one of my favorite movies. Agreed. Rest in peace, Joel Schumacher. Damn, okay. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm looking up the uh, definition for gimp because I feel like we're using the word wrong. And uh, right here it says slang it's a offensive. physically disabled person. What? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. But if you read under it, yeah. Okay. A, uh, a sexual fetish who uh, likes to be dominated and who's dressed in a leather rubber bodysuit with a mask. Zips and chains. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't used the word gimp in forever. Because you live a nice, I, I was civilized life. When uh, when Jasadi just brought it up, I was kind of like taken aback. I'm like, oh my god, we're going to like, a time machine. I like gimps. And you fucking crushed, you crushed my segue. I had a perfect one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, modern music, contemporary, same fucking, I need a thesaurus. Also, we got to stop doing these weekday ones. I'm like, I, I put so much energy into it, and I come in here, and I'm like drinking this weak-ass coffee. Uh, no offense, Oksana, I'm, I'm still appreciate that you made it. Anyway, you should try cocaine music. <laughs> uh, you know, it's really annoying that I feel kind of bad that I'm going to bring up. Here we go. Uh, 
you know everybody's uh, favorite number one hit by Cardi B. Oh my god! Yeah, you know everybody's fucking talking about it. I'm tired of hearing that shit. About what? Okay, well, yeah, Clark, so you, you got your timer ready? Because uh, yeah. I got a game for y'all today. Oh boy! So on every Friday we do a drag party. Uh, Terrell comes over and me and Oksana, and usually Chuggy. Chuggy was here this time, and we had a couple of uh, other guests, and we were watching a drag race and Catfish because Catfish is back. What, and it's uh, back? Yeah, but they're only doing it on Zoom. It's a little weird, but I got into it. I like it. Um, oh, yeah. And Neve just has a closet full of woke shirts. It is fucking ridiculous. He's got so <laughs> many. It's like, okay, dude, we get it. Anyway, so after everybody had passed out, literally two people left. Uh, Terrell was asleep. Oksana fell asleep. And me and my buddy, we were sitting there. And, um, you know, it's just that thing. When you're here and you're projecting YouTube, you go down the fucking wormhole. So I, I have notes here. Because I couldn't believe the statistic when I actually went back through my history. We ended up watching 60 parody videos Are you of WAP. 60? 60 of them is what we watched. Yeah. So there's more. So I've uh, gone ahead and curated a few of them. Oh. What we're going to do is Clark's going to tie me because I, this could go on forever. <laughs> it so will gonna, not. So what I'm going to do. Is I'm just gonna I'm gonna play a selection of them for you. I'm sitting there for five minutes, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna you guys are gonna vote if you like them or not. All right, got it. Um, they're in an order, so I'm expecting to run out of time, but uh, please be be kind. Also, um, rewind because because it's a fucking weekday and we weren't here all day. These videos are gonna be temperamental because I had them up when I shut down my computer. So uh. Fingers crossed that we don't get ads in here or it starts playing and then reloads. Sign into my YouTube. I have premium. No, You're it's not monster. fucking premium. It's a bandwidth thing. So uh, I'm going to hit play and then it's going to want to like refresh. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm just guessing. And I, this is live. So, you know, starting the timer in five. Hold on. Well, let me set up the first one. Then when the music plays, kick it in. Okay. And uh, I'm going to go for about a minute in each. Um. Anyway, this is the first one that started us down the fucking well to hell. And, uh, this is from a, um, I, I don't, I guess she's the new Weird Al. I don't, everybody's wants to be Weird Al now. The new Weird Al. Nobody's the new Weird Al. Nobody's the new Weird Al. Thank you so much. But, um, and also she seems a little bit too aimed at Cardi B. Anyway, we're going to kick this off with a Lardy B. Hardly B. It, is no, that it's one? Lardy B. Nice. And uh, this one is just called WAP Parody. Look at those thick and ankles. So here we go. Oh, Clark, I think you might like this. Also, there's a video component. All this shit, I'm going to put it up on the Overlook Theater if you want to like watch it after this airs. Actually, it'll be up the same time, so you can sync it up. It'll be a fun game. Right. Anyway, here we go. Oh my gosh, are these rolls? This is only going to get better. I said, you know I like to eat. 11 days a week wings and pizza stuff that crust with extra cheese yeah. her video is very highly produced it too just like you're trying pizza hut is a piece of art extra large click add to cart eat parmesan right off the plate red pepper flakes got me sweating hard wings so hot making me cry where does the game element come in all of my fries i paid in cash my car was declined bake that bun watching it rise bigger the cake the bigger the thighs i'm gonna bounce these big mac buns right in the back of my yard I'm a so there's a right. thing you're gonna notice as we go through these and uh people just the art of parody they always try to hit the same notes that's one of them 
to that that thing on the back of my throat, mm-hmm. they all try to hit that. Randy, what'd you say in there? I said, where does the game element come in? Oh, because you guys can veto these if they're terrible. I is that a game? It is a game, Randy. I give this yeah. four out of five. Uh, no, we're not wet, voting. What vaginas? Okay. We're going right into the next one. So the thing is, we're going to try and keep time. So okay. keep me to five minutes. If it's if you guys are over it, then veto it. I, li- I liked that one. Okay, here we go. Uh, so remember, you guys can veto these. My sex game might be weak. But at least I'm kind of sweet. Nope. No, wait. Let quick put it in before I ski. <laughs> also, both of you have to veto them. But I think this one's growing on Jasadi. Yeah, you fucking with some weak ass penis. We start humping, then I'm soft. With some weak ass penis. Give it to me. Wait, quick stop. With some weak ass penis. I'm out. Size it up, girl. You and Charlie. Randy, join me. I'm Randy out. Get the vote. All right. Veto? Veto. Okay, we're vetoed. Weak ass penis was Terrell's favorite of the night. No, it hits too close to Here home. we go. Now, here we have some drag queens. Lady Bunny, she's on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race all the time. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, you fucking with some dry ass pussy. You might hear a cough from this dry ass pussy. So put a cough drop in this dry ass pussy. Breeze it up, baby. Get some lard. I'm extra large and extra charged. Put this pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a Metro card. Put some lots. Nope. Smear no. inside. I'm like you, a baby. Uh, Stay land Jasadi, you're a follower, man. I thought you'd be more in this. Uh, anyway, now we're at my favorite. Two rich girls uh, rapping about World of Warcraft. But it, yes, it's a Watt parody. In this house, there's some I like it. I said certified gamer. Seven days a week. <laughs> PvP pro making dream look weak. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is Minecraft. Yeah. Minecraft. Yeah, you trying to be a PvP pro. Bring your netherite armor and your power through the <laughs> Give me everything. The dedication you to this, I'm a PvP pro. I don't know what they're Poison me, swing at me, stand right in front of me. Okay, stop for a second. Okay. First of all, good for these girls. Yeah. Because I, I, I think that they're they, they show promise. They can <laughs> they can carry a beat. Yeah. Um they, they they have a they have a point of view. They are sticking with that. The sad thing about this mm-hmm. is the view count. <laughs> Oh, I'm this is this is why it's one of my favorite. As we continue, so um Lardy B, I think she was up in the hundred thousands. Then we get to weak ass penis, which is like in the forty thousands. Then we get to uh Lady Bunny, who, you know, has been on TV a bunch and she's in like the twenty. Now we're at seventy. Seventy I've, views. I've watched wow. this video three times. <laughs> so so uh it, this is PvP WAP Minecraft parody by Jesse Wade and Julia. Sierra Rose. They are two hopelessly white girls in a mansion. <laughs> and now they're like in their vineyard. And uh, I'm going to let this go a little bit longer. Records, pull your sword, beg for a mercy while you're about to die. You really oh, need to kill me for XP. I already made my number for you. Now get your shield <laughs> and your sword. I'm a PvP pro. I ate a gapple just for fun. I'm a PvP pro. 25 seconds Mine left. No, you, you stop me in there. I'm a PvP pro. Now run away so you can reach an I'm a PvP pro. Okay, on to uh, the next okay. one. Now this one is, uh, I actually pulled just for you, Clark. I am not a fan of the video, but uh, this couldn't be more you. Comedy <gasps> legend. Gilbert oh yeah, there's, it's a bit in the beginning. Reciting the lyrics to what from Cardi B? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah! You f- 
fucking with some wetness. <laughs> Bring a bucket and a mop for this wetness. Anyway. Uh, I said certified freak. Seven days a week. What is pussy? Make that pullout game wait. Now, there's a video component to this. Clearly, that is not Gilbert Gottfried anymore. Uh, yes. And he's making fun of the parody videos where a dude will play every instrument in a band and sing. And then they cut all the... It's so cutesy. And YouTube loves it. Again, we are uh, the 74th viewer of this video. <laughs> and uh, because you ruined my time with that other one, I'm going to keep going. Here we go. It's now your last video. Okay, man. This one is cute ass puppies. I said certified sweet. Seven days a week. Big puppy eyes. Make that heart feel weak. Yes. 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 Yeah, you playing with some cute ass puppies. Bring a frisbee and a box for these cute ass puppies. I sign off on this. Oh, you like the puppy one. Yeah, yeah. Why would okay. I not like the puppy then, one? Then maybe you'll like this one. No, no, stop. Because here's why. <laughs> Oh no. no! No, no, don't play it yet because I okay. because this is good. When you play, this is going to completely undermine the point I'm about to make right now. Is that I love that one because you were taking a very vile song and we're making it nice about puppies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely like. The There's contrast. also another. Uh, I, I will tell you, I broke down categories that I kept running into in the many parodies of the song. There were many Minecraft ones. That was not the only one. There were at least five. I ran into multiple political ones no so if you want to hear kamala harris uh rapping about uh weak ass polling or something no i do not yeah also lots of animal ones one of the one of the ones i didn't pull is weird ass puggies it's oh. pretty it's pretty good weird ass chuggies it, anyway yeah so the next one i pulled out uh, uh, you mean the last one yeah last one <laughs> thank you so much. okay here we go we'll end with a wet ass puppy Dogs in this house. There's some dogs in this house. There's some dogs in this house. That video is creepy. I said certified fluff. No, thank you. Pass. Get this out of my face, dude. Randy, it's dogs that are talking. Stop, dude. They had they. Oh, dude. And you don't even know. You want to know another category? These stupid videos. What chores. Oh, there's some chores in my house. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh my god. First off, you named the first one, which I, I should point out is incredibly racist what? because it's about a Latin woman uh cleaning a house. Oh no, no. It was a one I saw where a dad was cleaning with his kids. Like okay, that chores. one's called Dad. D-A-D. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, there's so many. And why is chores a subgenre? Anyway, while I'm talking about this, I should put on some palate cleansing music. Here we go. Randy, Randy will here we go. We'll just play that in the background while, uh, <laughs> just to, to break it up. I'll get all that whap out of our head. So, Randy, we discovered this gentleman yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Cardi B, dude. And I apologize to all the listeners. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's Godsmack. Okay. Godsmack and Spandau Ballet. Dude, that worked so well. How do you say that? Spandau? Spandau. What the fuck is that? It's a British pop band. That's a Christian name? Uh, 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 I yeah, from it, the Happy Gilmore soundtrack? Correct. Oh, really? 
You yep. don't know Spandau Ballet? I don't know Happy Gilmore. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Are you bro? a poser, bro? If you're like, fucking guess so. Happy Gilmore is the second best one. He hates Adam Sandler, too. I yeah, kind of do. I defend Adam Sandler. Well, he's too. just making movies. He's making movies. He's making he's money. Making, and he's exactly. making children laugh. If he exactly. came out and was like, this movie's art, then I might, you know. Look, I stand by. It is. Art is art. Art is art. Art is art. Okay, you know, you know I'm going to use that segue, and I'm going to I'm going to tease some art. Here we go. What you don't understand is you just a couple seconds away from laying down six feet under. So you're going to kill me if you point that gun at me. I'm going to smoke you right here, right now. So put it down. And let's go home. I just can't do that, man. I can't leave my block. I can't leave all this. This block. <laughs> this block ain't going to help you when this bullet go in your brain. <laughs> so, so we want to talk about art. Oh That's some art. Um, it's a, it's a good <laughs> film. I believe it's called Hood Two, Hood Three, <laughs> East Oakland edition. You want to talk about your uh, oh feature God. film debut? Well, this is a film <laughs> that epic music <laughs> is <know>. my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of the many films that me and my cousin shot around Oakland, and it was when it came, like two thousand nine. I think I. We did that shit. A young Jasadi. A very young Jasadi. Um, it was it's called Mr. Black. It was kind of like it was like our updated version of like Shaft. And basically this dude was just like saving his brother from from these street dudes who's trying to get him in the game. <laughs> and I played the young street kid that was gonna just get initiated. Into now, spoilers, game. I did play part of the third act there yeah. at where your brother and you are uh, now threatening each other with gun violence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After he's trying to save me, then he's threatening to kill me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think let's throw that link up. I'll put that in the website too. Now you have been crushing it on YouTube with that. Well, you're at 47,000. Yeah. I, I, I forgot how much. So one of the actors, he's, he's really well known in the East Bay and in Oakland specifically. So like, I, I didn't realize how many, it has like over 40,000 views. I'm like, shit. That's why people be looking at me weird when I go to the store. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> <that motherfucker? laughs> they think you're walking around with a plastic AK. <laughs> now we should say that we, we watched this yesterday. Uh, you, you showed this to us and you, you told us about this project that, uh, it, several of the films that you worked on. Um, and, uh, we watched the, it, it came into the conversation because we were watching... I got, I got another clip for that I one. I know. Okay. Do you want me to set it up? You want to just go in blind? Tease well, it? I, I, I just say that because uh, we were watching another uh, short film uh, concerning someone else at this uh, very podcast. Yep. Right. Here, we, here we go. Why do you want to be edge all of a sudden? Well, you know that guy Jordan from school, right? Yeah, I know him. He's been making fun of me a lot lately. It's really starting to piss me off. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> I wish I could teach him a lesson or something because no reason he should be making fun of me is because I don't do drugs. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dude. That was taken from the award-winning film Straight Edge Ninja starring yeah. the great Randy Michaelstadt. That's me. I'm Randy. a star, baby. Fuck, there's so many good lines in that short. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> the, is is, the audio's so mumbled. Like, Yeah, I'm it's bad. We didn't have people. a good audio on set because it's literally a, a no-budget movie. And then we dubbed everything, but this was like summer of 2006, and we didn't have many means of uh, making movies, so the dubbing is like very off, which I guess you could say 
is an artistic choice to make it like a samurai movie, but it's not. Yeah, I like that. God, in the summer of 2006, you were making a film called The Straight Edge Ninja, and I was roofing a house in Mississippi. <laughs> My, what different lives we've led. Now, we, we had a uh, familiar, Randy. You sound very similar. Yeah. But yeah. Clark couldn't help but keep pointing out that... Uh, bro, you had some chops, brother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my hair wasn't... I mean, it was longer. The chops were definitely longer, but my hair isn't that much different right now. It's really... Yeah. But uh, you, those chops, man. Now, here's the thing. That movie isn't alive on YouTube. And I'm kind of glad. I feel like... I, you know, on the live stream, I, I kept saying we should organize something and watch this with uh, with the people that I know just heard that clip and are dying to see it. And I'll tell you, it does not disappoint. Randy, I can tell you, we can play this at uh, another hole in the head. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Negative. It's a, it's a private Vimeo link for a reason requested by my friend who made it. Oh, I know. We'll make it worth his while. We'll make it. Uh, Negative. We're, we're going to get him. A, uh, we'll get him on an anthology. Randy, wait, are you we'll not proud a, of this? We'll give him an offer he can't refuse. No, it's fine. I watch it. It's it's fun. Um, no, I mean, I am, uh, he just doesn't want it out there. So I told okay. him that I would show it to you guys and potentially a couple other people. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. I just don't want it like out on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's why I was thinking like maybe we could do a Zoom call with like people. I don't know. Well, we could figure it out. We could talk about it more. Yeah, um, it'd be fun. It was good though. And, you know, for as fucking introverted as you always say you are, I don't think I would have done that in high school. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. It was, uh, it was, it was fun. I definitely, you know, remember have memories making it the scene where I do the, uh, the training with the, uh, I don't know, the samurai. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we, we woke up like super early to get like a, like a morning magic hour shot. And then we got there and we started setting up and we're like, fuck, we missed it already. So <laughs> it should have looked cooler potentially, but it turned out all right. Now, Randy, you are no longer a uh, ninja or straight edge ninja for that matter. So what I'm wondering is what would your character from the film, <laughs> would he try to beat the shit out of you at a party <laughs> while you're taking the psilocybin and drinking an India pale ale? Uh, I'm drinking one right now, actually. No, I think that, uh, you know, he was a a young man and he would realize that, you know, to be a a, a good person, you can still uh, dabble in in substances. You know, it's not all about. uh, I don't know. I don't know. Randy, if you watch the third (laughs) act of this film. (laughs) Yeah, he was not feeling And I don't want to ruin the film, but uh, let's ruin the film. You (laughs) sneak into a party (laughs) in full ninja paraphernalia (laughs) and then beat these bullies' (laughs) asses and then preach to them and then pour a beer in their face, which is clearly water, and then the credits roll. (laughs) the, The thing I loved was right before you did that, your samurai teaching was like, hey, even though I taught you all these things, you don't have to resort to violence. Like, yeah. talk to them first. <laughs> yeah. And then you immediately just beat the shit out of these people. Also, got to show them a lesson, man. <laughs> I will commend you. Your kicks, not bad. Oh, yeah. Not hard. bad little roundhouse kicks. Yeah, thanks. They weren't uh, terrible. I actually did take karate a long time ago, even like years before that. What kind of, what, what, what belt did you finish? Uh, like purple or something? Oh shit! Purple belt. Look at that. Yeah, 
Randy, Ooh. purple Randy's belts? Randy's going to show yeah. back up in here and beat us all up <laughs> for all these months we've been uh, making did you, fun did of Did you ever take uh, karate? No. I didn't either. No, I didn't like uh, being around people when I was young. I wish I did. I know, me too. I wish I did a lot of shit. I know. Yeah, I took karate. You took karate? Time. Yeah. I never fun. did. I, I took violin. <laughs> How does that help work? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. You won't, uh, give me a violin. I'll play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star right now. Now, Randy. What about the music in the movie? Was that like bands you were in? No, uh, that is all probably not licensed. It's oh, okay. just, uh, yeah, straight edge bands and yeah, they had Beethoven. hardcore bands from the from the time. I know they had Beethoven, but yeah, there were... Randy was not in Minor Threat. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I was curious just because, dude, they had there's a lot of music in that short yeah. for a 15 minute thing. There's like five different songs. That <laughs> yeah, and I knew you were in a bunch of bands, so I'm like, I don't know. It seemed like yeah, it would have been bad. smart to have one of our own bands have the music in there, but we didn't do anyway, it. Anyway, uh, thank you for sharing the that. ignorance of youth. Hopefully we can share that with more people later because I know they're going to be dying to watch it. It was good. Yeah, it was entertaining. Sure. All, All right. right. Well, Randy, tell us about uh, what you've been watching, baby. Yeah, sure. For some reason this weekend, I just got into a lot of uh, things that weren't very fun or uplifting. <laughs> And so uh, I How watched the different than any other weekend from you. <laughs> I don't know. I just wasn't super into anything that I watched this weekend. And it was kind of a bummer. But uh, I watched I crossed a movie off the list that is a uh, is a pretty famous movie in the fact that it was uh, banned for being ultra violent uh, back when it was released in 1983. Figuring that Russell had seen it, but apparently he hasn't. Uh, it's called Angst, uh, directed by Gerald Cargill. And uh, yeah, I definitely see why this movie was uh, controversial Controversial at the time. Uh, it is a movie about this guy who escapes from prison and pretty much directly after him escaping from prison, he goes to this diner and uh, he sees these two girls that he thinks are going to be his next victim. And he eats, uh, he eats sausage in a very disturbing way <laughs> while he's there. It's like very disgusting. Uh, we but talking, are we talking uh, links, patties, loose? Yeah, it's like it's like a big link, just like straight up, like eating it by hand. So phallic. Yeah, it's pretty phallic, and he's just yeah, like barely chewing, and it's pretty gross. Um, yeah, I've totally seen this movie. Oh, you sure. have? Yeah, I totally watched it. You know, they showed it at the Alamo. Uh, oh, remember that's the, right. Remember the Alamo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird Wednesday, and you're right, Randy. This movie, uh, goddamn, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's pretty nuts. Yeah, from there he uh takes a taxi cab and then sort of gets out and tries to find this uh area where he can commit uh some crimes and kind of be away from people so he can kind of get away with it. Uh, so he breaks into this like pretty big like mansion essentially. No one's there, and then eventually the people come home, and there is a uh, disabled gentleman who, who is the father, and then there's a mother, then there's the daughter, and he <laughs> murders all of them in pretty uh, crazy ways. And uh, yeah, you could definitely see this being an influence on stuff like funny games. Yeah. Uh, this was, I don't know, I would maybe watch either of the funny games movies again. I don't know if I would watch this one again. Uh, every single camera angle, camera movement in this movie is very jarring and completely like disorienting. It's hard to describe, but there's even like a lot of crane shots 
which is like pretty surprising. I mean, I don't know what the budget for this movie was, but I can't imagine it was big by any means. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's super, super effective for a movie about a psychopath who escapes from jail, uh, and then goes and murders more people. And then, uh, yeah, the, uh, I don't want to ruin the ending really, but the ending kind of, uh, I don't know, made sense, um, by the time it ended. And then, yeah, the, uh, our friend David Robson, who's been on before and we talk about on here, he also wrote about it on his blog, House of Sparrows, uh, in general David Robson fashion, which is much better than uh, anything I could write or say. Yeah, he he hit me up and I told him the same thing. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. I think I own it and I've never watched it. I totally did. And I'm surprised you didn't like the film, like the film um, approach, because every shot feels very um, deliberate. Like for sure, it's an intense, it's basically, it's a home invasion, but we're our protagonist is the dude who, uh, is the most vile person on the planet. Yeah. It's so uncomfortable and sign me up sister. And it's, it's one of it, you know, funny games is a good comparison because every time you think somebody has a chance, you know, yeah. it's, just, it's not that movie dude. Yeah. It's fucking, it's, it's good though. It's a very well-made film. Yeah, I guess uh, it was misleading how I got into it, but it was good. But, you know, it's a it's 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 a bit of a chore and something that I wouldn't feel like revisiting anytime soon. I'm shocked looking at it only being 90 minutes long. I really thought this was over two hours. Just yeah, it's short. I think it's 83. OK, yeah. Wikipedia okay, says 83 yeah. at least. Yeah, IMDb says 127. So, yeah, I think it it uh it it feels long just due to what you're watching now randy michael what did uh what did you rate this on the letterboxd i did give it a four just because it felt like i was watching real life unfold on camera <laughs> it felt very realistic yeah a four from randy is a six on a regular five yeah. scale that's yeah, pretty good <laughs> but again you can't fuck with the technique in this film it's no. there it's just vile which is part of, I mean, you know, if you're a fucking cinephile and you like going in the theater. What if you're a cinephile? It'll make you feel something. Oh, For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then this is on, uh, this is on Bezos Network. Uh, this is on Shudder. Thank you, oh, Marbles, for loaning your account. It's on Prime, too. Interesting. Okay. Oh, it is nice. on it's Amazon yeah. Prime, so it's Amazon streaming. Amazon Prime. Okay, yeah, cool. Streaming. Oh, cool. I press play, but I... I wasn't in the mood for watching subtitles, so I didn't watch it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is not English? No. Pass. I think it's like Hungarian or something. Double pass. Ooh. Actually, my nephew's from Hungary, so sign me up. I'll show it to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. I'll show my six-year-old nephew. <laughs> Christ. You think my uh, son like that? All right, tell us about <laughs> Space Dogs, Randy. Yeah, so Space Dogs is a, a movie that just released this year. I watched it via anthology film archive in uh their virtual screening room it'll be on roxy tomorrow as of this time as of the time this drops um it's a documentary um essentially about street dogs in moscow but uh it's kind of framed uh within the story of Laika, who was one of the first animals sent into space and the when or the dog the dog Okay. And when uh, Laika was potentially returning back to Earth, it burned up in the atmosphere. Um, and there's like kind of a legend in Moscow that uh, the dog actually returned um, as a ghost 
uh, to Earth, and he kind of like roams the streets with the dogs. So it's kind of uh, how the how the picture is framed. Um, so the beginning, it kind of uh, shows it's talking about Leica and sort of you know what what they were doing in space back then, and it has this very like experimental kind of like the end of two thousand one Space Odyssey uh, experimental visuals, which was a really cool way to start out. Um, and then it goes into very, you know, like ground level shots with dogs and kind of just walking around, roaming around Moscow. And, um, yeah, there are some scenes that get kind of gnarly. There's a scene involving a cat, which is pretty brutal. Um, so yeah, these dogs are kind of just, you know, out on the street in Moscow trying to, uh, survive. So it's kind of just showing that. And then it's also interspersed with, um, just like some footage from like the Soviet space program and kind of like preparing dogs to like go into space and stuff. Um, it's really interesting. I actually liked it quite a bit, but even the ending is quite bleak, um, as well. So, um, it was good. I would definitely, uh, recommend seeing it, but if you're potentially, um, triggered by animal stuff, uh, and violence with animals, I would, uh, not recommend. Triggered. There it is. <laughs> so, so they they jack that cat up. Yeah, it gets pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah fuck a cat. And it's Whoa. like maybe fifteen twenty minutes into the movie too. I was like, okay, it's uh, this is where we're going now, Randy. They uh, the Russians also sent a monkey into space. Do they talk about the simian? <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do briefly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it it covers. Not like in depth, but it kind of just goes into like the space program now and kind what, of what, like what predates the monkey or the dog? What what went first? I think the dog was first. I thought the monkey was first, but okay. I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, I only bring that up because the great uh, late John Prine had a song called "Space Monkey." Oh uh, yeah, about the Russian space monkey. But yeah, it's a it's a cool <laughs> dog. It uh, kind of reminded me of White God a little bit. Just like Ooh. there's some scenes that are just like I don't. I don't know how the dogs are not responding to a camera being there, you know, or it's like it, yeah. it almost seems like you're just there with them, like watching things unravel. Like it's a, uh, the presence of the camera doesn't seem like it does anything uh, like negative. Now, Randy, I, I gotta tell you, I'm torn because you, you bring up one of my favorite movies of all time, which is white God, of course. Yep. Then you also bring up space, which as, as you well know, uh, space is, space is bullshit. <laughs> So you, you take these two things together and I'm, I'm sort of stuck. I, I, I think that I actually would like this a lot. I, when you started explaining about, uh, you know, the street dogs in Moscow, I immediately thought of that. Um, was that a Turkish film about the cats and, uh, yeah. Istanbul? Keddy. Yeah. Keddy is great. Yeah. I actually, for someone that doesn't like cats, I actually loved watching that movie. I never saw uh, It's K E D I rest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. It's uh, it's much more lighthearted and uh, sort of the way that uh, the way that cats are treated in that area of the world is just it's just yeah. it, it's nicer and more lighthearted than than this movie is. Uh, Josiah, did you ever see that? What, Caddy? Yeah, Caddy. K A D I. K A D I. No, I've not. K E D I. K E D I. Jesus Christ. <laughs> A-S-W-A-N-G. Ass-wang. <laughs> right? Thanks, Jack. 
Uh, yeah, I need to see that. Uh, I should I should do that. I see that and uh, babies. You remember babies? <laughs> sort of. Yeah. God, people were flipping. <laughs> we're done with the screen. I can't do the screen. Anymore. I know you can't You're not driving me insane with the screen. I love you. You keep looking at it though. I I love you more than a brother, but you cannot spell to save your goddamn hey. life. <laughs> And now you just do it. To Are we piss talking me about off. Charlotte? Charlotte. Charlotte, no. <laughs> Man, just I didn't talk about California. Oh my God. I don't even want to do that. No. Okay, well, it's I'll on do. fire. We'll it's start there. Fire. All right. California. Wait, let's spell it first. K K K A L I. Yeah, K A. Uh, so this movie, I saw it on Amazon Prime, posted up, and I was like, what is this shit? I never heard of it before. You'd never heard of California no. with a K featuring Bradley Pitt? Nope. Interesting. And so uh, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to watch this. Then I was like, oh, I got my favorite, one of my favorite actors in there. I love X-Files. So David Duchovny, yes, who you referencing? David Duchovny. Um, so like, I, I give it a try. I, so like with this film, should I talk a little bit about the film? Yes, I will. Yeah, that's <laughs> so the whole purpose of the segment. So, <laughs> so, so we got uh, a Confederate flag wearing Brad Pitt. Yes, we do. Who lives in a trailer park. Stars and bars. Stars and what? That's what a Confederate flag is. You uh, got the stars and the bars. And the bars. I okay. didn't know that either. Um, so he's basically uh, a serial killer. Oh. And he kills men. Oh. oh. And they don't really go in his backstory. It's really interesting because the guy from what's his name from David uh Duchovny. Duchovny. It's basically like X Files, but with with a serial killer because he basically plays the same character. Like, so yeah, he's limited. Y- yeah. So <laughs> no, he was in the Red Shoe Diaries. Come on. So he be- he so also played a lady in Twin Peaks. <laughs> Dude looks like a lady. So so basically, before these two characters, Brad Pitt and David Duchovny, meet up, there's like two stories going on. So you you see Brad Pitt like dealing with um his girlfriend. Oh, like, the highly regarded. Juliet Lewis? Juliet Lewis. No? Nice. What? You look so confused. You no, it, no, Juliet <laughs> is Juliet. Okay, I don't know. All right. These, <laughs> all these actors look the fucking same to me. Um, is Juliet Lewis the one right there? Yeah, she, yeah. Juliet Lewis is one of Randy's favorite uh, musicians. Oh, really? She's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Highly well, regarded. So. So Brad Pitt is dealing with his dumbass girlfriend. <laughs> no, she's like really kind of like tarted. Yeah, that's what I mean by regarded. That's a Cobra verse thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, Randy, so, take that out. Of the <laughs> I didn't say the R word. No you hard did. R. No you, hard R here. You said tarted. I said apostrophe T A R D. Oh, we're not allowed to say retarded no more. Oh, whoa, case? dude. Whoa, my ears are bleeding. We can't. Regarded. Why is she's comedy high. is dead? <laughs> all right, comedy is dead. Clark yeah, say clearly shit. by all the bits no, no, that we've no, done no. on this show, no, <laughs> comedy is dead. They're working because Clark got a couple likes on his Facebook for his comedy recently. So people are loving it. He's bringing it back. Exactly. All, right. all right. So <laughs> Juliet Lewis. So yeah, Juliet Lewis. So, so Brad Pitt. Um, Buys her a helmet. He, <laughs> he basically, <laughs> so like he's, he's dealing, he's dealing, um, he's at this trashy ass trailer park. And he's not paying his rent. He he keeps <laughs> arguing with his landlord and shit. So you see a little bit of that. Then you see David Duchovny and his fine ass girlfriend. 
And he's an author, and he's basically writing this book about serial killers. And he he has this mindset of like, you know, he doesn't believe serial killers should go to regular prison. Like they need to hurt. Yeah, go back. I go back. Yeah. Okay. That's that's David Duchovny's girl. I got you. And so, um, he he believes that like serial killers should be uh like go to a hospital and they need to be examined because uh like I mean not, I mean psychopath not just serial killers but psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to be examined in a hospital. Like prison won't people do with any. mental health mental, issues. Yeah. So yeah. he was talking. He was ahead of his time. He was talking about mental health. Um, in the nineties. So, um, he's writing his book. His girlfriend's a photographer. She's a really edgy photographer. And uh, they have this plan to travel the U.S. from I, I forgot where where they were at California. No, no, they're going to the whole. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, going to California. Let's yeah, going to California. Yeah, with an Aiken in my heart. So uh, well, the rent's going to be higher there. They can't exactly. even pay rent where they're coming this from. This was the '90s, so everything's cheap and everything's good because we got. We got President, Nickelodeon. We got Bush number one, baby. Oh, fuck you. I'm going to turn your mic off. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's dropping Bush bombs in Baghdad. All right. So bombs over Baghdad. Baghdad. Uh, what's, what version of bombs over Baghdad was that? I, I just remember the <laughs> lyrics. I don't remember the melody. He had a stroke. Don't point it yeah, out. That's cool. Hey, uh, give me credit that I knew an outcast song outside yeah, of Hey Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just broke Caroline. Caroline. So what do you, what do you give it? So. Wait, let me just finish this is one little thing. Are we All still right. in the first act? God damn, we're about to get to the other part. All right. Okay, so, <laughs> so him and his girlfriend decide to go out on a trip to California, a road trip to t- California, and he was going to visit all these uh, serial killer-like sites, right? Like places where serial killers like, kill people at. And his okay. girlfriend was going to take pictures. Like JFK? Yeah. It's not okay. a serial. I'm killer. just gonna. I'm just gonna power Continue. through. So, um, so, but they need somebody. They need somebody to help. <laughs> they need. They need somebody. Don't blame me. If this We're serial killing it right now. If they need someone <laughs> to go on this road trip with, because they need to save money on gas and hotels and shit. So <laughs> they put up an ad at a school, oh. and Brad Pitt and his dumbass girlfriend get the ad and they, and they ride with them because they also want to go to California because they're trying to get away from their uh, bumfuck Texas. No, no, they're not in Texas. I, they're, they're somewhere. They're sure. like in like... Flyover tri- state. Who cares? Yeah. Coastal elites, I guess. So, wow. No, no, I love the South. Uh, well, kind of, uh, All right, let's finish the review. All right, so... So wait, so film, they get in there to like Uber pool over yeah, to California? Like yeah. Pool. yeah, it's like Uber pool. All right. But the price was right, a dollar. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, like, but the thing is, him, Brad Pitt, and David, whatever the fuck, kicks it off really good. Like they have like a nice little bromance together, right? And it's it's like it's dope and it's sweet. But then like you know, Brad Brad Pitt is like killing motherfuckers, and he's brutal as fuck. I really like the color of this film, how it was shot. Uh, the cinematography was on point. Um, you, I'm gonna just power through. Uh, I don't. I didn't. I did not like Brad Pitt's acting in it. Oh, because because the southern accent just sounded it. it like a lot well, of he's sounded originally forced. from Kentucky. I don't give a shit. Well. <laughs> Why from Kentucky? You don't sound like that. Hey, he caught he so so David, David's character in the movie is Brian. And he's like, all right, bruh. 
We're going. We're going to the bar, bruh. You want to get you a cold beer, huh, bruh? I mean, you sound like my second cousin. So, oh, God. Um. Yeah, I, I, I thought it, I thought it was it was pretty decent. I didn't think I, I thought that Brad Pitt, seeing Brad Pitt's name, I thought he was really going to carry the movie, but he didn't. I actually really like David's character a lot more because um, I usually like the villains too. All right, I got a question for you. Yeah. Why do they spell California that way? Ex- and I don't know why. Is it I, supposed to be like California? I, I get California. I, it, that doesn't even work. I'm just, exactly. I'm really curious. No, I no, don't, I don't know. You and you, that's all I was trying to figure out the whole film. That's one thing that really <laughs> irritates me about the movie is the name. They could have named it so many other things, but California with a K was just like last minute, like, we got to get this movie out. Uh, Let me just put a K and say, I don't know. I don't you got know. no theory? There, um, Give me a theory. Your wildest theory. Alex Jones me right now. Okay. K. How many? How? What letter? What number is that in the alphabet? A B C Nine. E F G H I J K. That's eleven. <laughs> Just make it up. Eleven. Number. Oh, eleven. California. They did. Uh, huh? They, they did also start the road trip in Louisville, which is in Kentucky, which starts with a K. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Kentucky to California, K to the C A L I F O. Randy, where have you been for 45 minutes? He fell asleep. I've been Googling, dude. I just came up with that theory. Hell yeah. Wow. Dude, Randy, you did it. You blew his mind. I also took a pee like five minutes ago. All right. All right. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, Wait, let me see what what else did Dominic Cena did. I I want to talk about that. Out of uh, (laughs) how many stars? Um, so my list is from one out of 20 and I get, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? Why? No, I was just playing. Uh, at one out of five, I give this a, a good 2.5. That's not good. But I'm kind of rough on shit because I, cause his acting was kind of weird. Like it, sometimes it'll be good, but then sometimes they'd be like, why are you talking like that? It was just too country. <laughs> it was like unbelievably country. So Dominic Senna has directed he did uh, many movies. Naked 56 ass. to be exact. And Gone in 60 Seconds, I really love that film. I don't Look, like I stand film. by Gone in 60 Seconds. I haven't seen this since I was young. So I Swordfish is naked. It's uh, a thing. Oh, a lot of uh, music videos. Oh, a lot of a music lot videos. A lot of music videos. Yeah. But we got Gonna see the last. Oh, so that was the thing I want to talk about. The last thing he did was in 2011. Did he die or is he? His career Oh, did. he did Season of the Witch. Yeah, that killed it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sorry, Dom. Is he still alive? Yes. Well, we talked to him uh, yesterday. I was, reading, I was reading some of the reviews and somebody hated uh, California and they were like, this fucking MTV hack. Shots fired. That was it. And I saw the music video, so that made because I was like, "Where does the MTV come come into play?" But then I saw the music video. So he getting his money, getting his bread. Why y'all hating? Well, I think you sold me on California. No, you should watch it though. It's 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 good. It's two hours. I'm out. Whoa, it's two. It's two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I was high. No, that's (laughs) Exorcist. No, it's it's hour fifty seven. I'll go back. Look at that. Hour 57. Thank they you so always much. be lying on IMDb. Check the real one, Randy. Yeah, they're drunk on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> so on Friday, uh, because I get uh, bullied, both cyberbullying and bullying in real life, about uh, not being active enough on our social medias, I put in a poll on our Twitter, which is at Overlook Hour, on Twitter.com. 
saying that I I gave four different options uh, for four different movie franchises that I would binge watch over the weekend. I did this on Friday morning, and by Friday night, there was a clear leader. And so I thought that I was going to get a head start. You understand? Going to get ahead of the game. So I was going to watch one of these on Friday night and then get caught up on Saturday. The four choices were The Exorcist, Phantasm, Jaws, and Hellraiser. By Friday night, The Exorcist was the clear runner. Uh, that was the front runner. The Exorcist. The lead so, horse. The lead horse. Coming around that final turn, Jasadi, The Exorcist was light years ahead. Asshole full of steroids. So, indeed. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Headed straight to the glue factory. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so Friday night, I was like, you know what? I haven't watched The Exorcist in probably six, seven years. I remember watching it for Easter one year just to mix things up. And uh, so I watched The Exorcist. Love the Exorcist. Who who doesn't love the first Exorcist? It's great. And then I watched it, and then because the last version I did see had the staircase, so I think the last one I did see was that bonus version. And I forgot that that wasn't yeah. part of the original cut. It's a good. They cut that out, but it's amazing. It's the great. Staircase, yeah. which part? Exactly. The upside down. Yeah, yeah. They cut it out. I love that. Part. It's not in the original cut. What? It's not in the original cut. Exactly. God. See, I forgot too. <laughs> um. So yeah. My mom saw it in theaters originally. Oh, dude, there's, Same. there's horror stories. Uh, Randy's it. <laughs> yeah, I think my mom did too. Yeah, Randy, what was the deal about your parents and The Exorcist? Uh, they just saw it like on a date when they were, you know, teenagers or something, and then it scared them, and they pretty much told me not to see it most of my life. Oh, I remember that. And you still haven't seen it to this day? No, I've seen it. I saw it maybe like a year ago. Oh, there you go. Rusty saw it. I it's thought, good. No, no. Back in the day when we were talking about the documentary about the first exorcism. The father and the mort. Yeah. And uh, they did the double feature. That potentially could have been Randy's first time. Oh, that's right. You saw that after that, right, Randy? Yeah. Okay. But we all bailed and then Randy watched and he was like, it was okay. Was that the, were they showing the uncut version that day? No idea. I bet they did. Probably. 35 millimeter. Oh, we missed it. Yeah, we wouldn't start to like nine o'clock. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I don't regret that. I know. <laughs> that's no, so, great. So I watched The Exorcist on Friday night. Uh, I wake up Saturday, look at the Twitter poll, and Phantasm had pulled ahead <laughs> at the last minute. And then I cursed out loud. Uh, so what I, and I was so glad I wanted The Exorcist to win, primarily because I wanted to watch The Exorcist 3. Because I've been missing on it forever. Uh, it seems like I would love it. It's, they went procedural with the, the, with the series. Uh, the, you throw George C. Scott in there. You throw Brad Dorif. You throw in a procedural. How am I not going to love it? So I was very excited that The Exorcist, I thought, won. And then I wake up and fucking Phantasm pulled ahead. <laughs> so what I did, ladies and gentlemen, and again, I will finish the entire Phantasm series because I am, I try to be a man of my word, unlike my father, who I haven't spoken to in four years. But I will Dang, finish. You too? <laughs> my I dad will... must be hanging out with your dad. <laughs> they probably seen some of the same hookers, maybe. Right. Hey, so, <laughs> the last time I heard about my dad, he was uh, the police had uh, called him because he was fighting uh, with a um, with a hooker. 
He's a oh. pedophile. <laughs> hey, we might be brothers. <laughs> so, Phantasm. I watch. So here's what I did. I watched The Exorcist one. I watched Phantasm one, Phantasm two, and The Exorcist three. So I split the difference. I will finish the Phantasm series as I think I've got three more. So are we counting five as canon? Yeah. Five is canon. Yeah. Okay. I would call it canon. Okay. Um, and then is Dominion canon? I don't know. I can't wait in that water. I There's so many. Yeah. Yeah. I, I abstain. Uh, Randy, Dominion is the um, Schrader exorcist. Oh, really? I yeah. don't even know about it. Wait, Paul Schrader made an exorcist? Paul Schrader oh, made an exorcist called Dominion. You, you got to go. Did we talk about that at all in the podcast with EKM? Yes. EKM actually like sat down with them and got it like got him to put it out. Yeah, if you go back to Eric Christopher Myers when we were talking about him uh or when we were talking with him. Oh man, these fucking late night shows. I just like mumble all my you know what? <laughs> Here we go. Here's an apology. I am very very sorry and I beg for your forgiveness. Anyway, we were talking about <laughs> butterfly kisses. We can't do the sound. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a headache that is just it's splitting my head right down the middle, and it's it's nothing other than anger. Is that, is that the sports announcer that said the F word? Yeah, yeah, that day when you were here and you called everybody a homo for playing for baseball. baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, EKM, go check that out. So what I will say is, um, and again, I will finish the Phantasm franchise. I will say that I'm not crazy about time jumping and, and dreams and all that stuff. Yeah. The dream stuff, I, what Phantasm does well, and it took me to the third act to really grasp on the Phantasm. Mm -hmm. But then when it did, I really enjoyed it. And by when, when I watched, and I was glad I watched, went straight into two. And that's, I'm about to ask a very ignorant question because I am interested on how they did the filming. Yeah. Between the end of Phantasm 1 and the end of Phantasm 2. Because, again, I'm only two into the, the franchise, and they both ended cliffhangers. So the cliffhanger in Phantasm 1 carries over into Phantasm 2. Yeah. However, there is a eight-year difference between Phantasm 1 and Phantasm 2, between 1979, and I think the second one was uh, 87. 88. 88. Yeah. So now the, the character has grown... Uh, you know, nine years. So we barely recognize him in two, but a two opens up with the continuation from the end of one. Yeah. So they just shot all that and then sat on it for nine years. Would you, what should we call Coot? You know what Is I mean? Yeah. Have you yeah. ever thought of that? I, you know, I'm not a huge phantasm guy. Okay. Like I love the films, but I've never, you know, here's why uh, I deal with indie horror. You know how many brilliant people have talked about phantasm? including Mike Keegan, who is a huge fan of the genre, the, the former Alamo program director. He would, you know, I don't even want to approach the subject. And um, yeah, I, the only thing I can say is that the movie is so like disembodied narratively yeah. that it works like a 10 year gap, even though they age a little bit, it just feels like a regular narrative distortion. Because I mean that that it's got a really weird rhythm in Phantasm. Very weird, and I think that's why a lot of people are drawn to it. The, you know, it's that film fan thing. But it, it is weird, but it's consistent. 
You know, it's, for sure. Once you get into it, you're settled in. Yeah. And I honestly, I think it took two hours for me to get into it. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I two the the takeaway from two is uh, the special effects really they step it up a notch. Oh yeah. Um, and the tall man's great. I'd be interested to see where you are in the franchise with three and four though. They get a little um, sci-fi channel feeling. Yeah. Like, well, the budget decreases, but, yeah. you know, the thing is, they always care about the story in that franchise. Like, um, later on in the interview, we we kind of, like, roast Halloween. And um, it's for the reason that the story is just so fucked up. And same thing with Friday the 13th. It's a different director, different people. There's a lot of money being pumped into these things. And they kind of just disregard the prior movie. Yeah. This one doesn't. And by five... It's a fan making the movie and there's no money and it's really just to give people a closure. Yeah. So are you going to go all the way? I'll go all the way. All right. You well, got, yeah. Next the, time we talk about it, I'll try and be uh, more the, prepared. The rest are on prime. So, um, and then you've got five on yeah, I own five. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, w- I will finish phantasm. Uh, but I briefly, before I throw it to you, Russ, I briefly will just want to mention that with exorcist three, uh, boy, what a home run. Just I, yeah, I've never seen any of the Phantasm so No, no, Ex- Exorcist is, three. Oh, goddamn! I'm how sorry. Are, how are, are you okay? Late. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I had work today, and even though I don't do shit, uh, just, at work, Sadie, just stop I talking. To, I am very, very sorry, and I beg for your forgiveness. <laughs> I swear. Okay, now make it up in this show. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm tripping. E- yeah, Exorcist three by far. Like, yeah. It's one. It's my favorite one. I think I might like it a little oh, bit more. Fucking Brad Dorf in that one. movie. Brad Dorf, he's so yeah. good. See, here's here's what people need to realize, and I think directors finally realize this: is that when you bring in a Brad Dorf, just let him go crazy. Oh yeah, dude. you gotta let him go crazy. <laughs> and uh, boy, he's in he's in a couple scenes, but it's all one location. Yeah, uh, where he's in a, um, a mental institution uh, that. I mean, look, there are certain actors uh, that we have on this planet that no matter what movie they're in, they the movie automatically gets three stars because they're in the movie. <laughs> yeah. George C. Scott is one of those actors for me. I oh, love sure. George C. Scott. Anything he's in, movies automatically got three stars. Uh, Walter Matthau is one of those actors for me. Um, so I- anytime I see him, I just go, and he... He hams it up the whole time. He's yelling at people for no reason. He's ornery. He's look. He looks very old. <laughs> he has a very young daughter and a much younger wife, and it makes no sense. And I love it. The story is a little confusing, and by a little confusing, I mean it's very confusing. But essentially, Damien Karras is back in this film. And uh, it's a little complicated. Uh, I I wanted to see three because I knew it had nothing to do with two. Yeah. And it had more to do because I knew Karis was back. Yeah. Uh, from one. So I said one and three would be good. Eventually I'll watch two. I, I hear nothing but meh things about Exorcist Well, how, how could they? You know, here's the thing. Nightmare on Elm Street, huge movie. They come back with two, and it's kind of like, well, you got to recapture the lightning. Yeah, and uh, it's you know, which I I think I think they realized that with three because they went a completely different direction. Well, yeah. even, I use Nightmare on Elm Street because yeah. two is different, and uh, 
it went off the rails. And then in three, you know, they do the same thing where they bring back Heather and it's like, well, let's bring back somebody from one and try and get back on the track. <laughs> but is there, and how many times in, in horror franchises have we seen where they sort of flip everything and go procedural with it? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Not too many. Cause I, I thought this is a, a great idea. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's fun. Uh, there's great effects. Um, there's a, uh, a, a sequence in the nursing home uh, that is very similar to uh, Hereditary. We've got uh, a, a oh, when, oh, when he was up on the ceiling? <laughs> yeah. Bro, that shit was crazy. For this to be in the 90s, too, like the effects was on Ni- point. 1990. Yeah. Exorcist 3 is so much fun. I, yeah. I, I, love, I love Exorcist 3. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. You know, if you're a Brad Dorf fan, and I'm curious why you didn't throw Child's Play into your uh, list. So, uh, how many child's plays are there? Oh, uh, six now. I think. I've seen that franchise is a little weird too, though. So here's the thing. Like, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to keep this up. Yeah. So I think that the next one, a child's play, is something I, I, I want to throw child's play yeah. in there. I think I should throw in. How many Wishmasters are there? Four, okay. I think. Wishmasters, because I've seen zero. Wishmaster is awful. I've seen zero Wishmasters. I told you, I I used to be like my favorite slasher is Wishmaster, and I would like try and defend it. Yeah, uh, great character actor in that George Buck Flower. I I won't go into that. He plays bums in a lot of movies. Yeah, you dig him. Okay. Um, they they do so many things in that franchise that I just fucking hate. I've never I've seen zero Wishmasters. I've yeah. seen zero. Um. There's so many franchises. What, what, I, no, I just had it to my tongue. It's gone. Okay. What is it a big character? Because uh, you're talking slashers at this point, right? Yeah. Because you could do slasher. like Tremors or Critters. Those are very Not, different. Jaws. Oh, tra- I, you, Jaws was I in there. Uh, oh, Leprechaun. Tremors. Leprechaun. Tremors. Leprechaun. That yeah. was it. How many Tremors are there? I don't know. Too many. I've I seen I one and two. Like, I'm not a fan. That you might, don't like tr- no. All right, I did. I had look. Now I have not seen the first Tremors, and let's call it twenty-two years. Okay. Damn. I told you on this podcast, somebody bought me the box set to Tremors, and I got bummed out. I was like, oh, well, it fuck. has uh, yeah, same thing. Like I, I was a kid last time I seen Tremors. So yeah, maybe it's because of nostalgia. It's kind of like the Giver. Did you ever watch a Giver when you were little? Either Giver. Of you, the Mac- Giver, not Mac- 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 not MacGyver, the Giver. The fuck is that? It's kind of like a. I'm not going to get into Japanese culture. It's kind of like a Power Rangers thing. It played on Sci Fi Channel all the Power Rangers. As a kid, I loved (laughs) it. It was like Digimon, the Pokemon. (laughs) Y'all haven't seen the Giver. You know, I should be pulling this stuff up. No, I used to watch Little House on the Prairie. Why? Because I had to stay with my my like godmother, and she's like older. I get. She used to watch like Mash. Little House on the Prairie. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing, like how you are into procedurals and stuff. I yeah. used to like shows like that. It's yeah. like, it was like very common. Well, it's better at my grandparents' house, that house. I'd have to watch The Farmer's Almanac on VHS. Oh, I remember <laughs> you talking about that. You can find a clip of that, huh? The Farmer's Almanac. I do it. Couldn't, couldn't find one. So, yeah, le- I would say. Um, Wait, is Leprechaun the Hood part of that franchise? Yeah. 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 Why wouldn't it be? So, I would say, I would say Leprechaun, Wishmaster. Puppet Master? Ooh. Oh, not a fan. I've never seen it. Now, here, you know, um, can I use that as a segue? Child's Play. Because, you know, uh, we have a. Oh. Last week, we interviewed uh, Charlie Steeds, who has been uh, become everybody's favorite interview to hate, as we all learn. Uh, we, have, we have somebody here who uh, personally hates him. 
I hate as, you. As he is a 26-year-old who has made a 10 <laughs> fucking feature films. Now, fucking Charlie is talented. And, you know, he's got his um his production company, uh, Dark Temple Motion Pictures. You can find him on Instagram. And uh, the reason I wanted to jump off of that with Charlie, Charlie Band and uh, fucking Puppet Master is Full Moon and Troma have like the same kind of indie production where you see that label and you're like, oh, I know what I'm getting into. And either you're a fan and you're like, oh, shit, a fucking trauma movie. Or you're kind of like, oh, fuck. Like, I rented this film and I didn't see the trauma logo. And now I'm not even going to watch it, yeah. which I've done before at um, video stores. Where you're like, oh, God, oh, that like, sucks when we have Lloyd Kaufman guest next week. Yeah, right. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's that a uh, tour theory where but it's kind of like a production company. And it's just, I don't know, lowbrow is kind of hand in hand. I mean, both Troma and Full Moon have a lot of uh, acquisitions that are really good. But whatever. I mean, there's Castle Freak sprinkled in there. We can and get Charlie Band on the show like today. Nah, we, we already we got a better. Uh, we're one degree away. We are. Um. Anyway, uh, so I've been pushing Charlie Steeds. The thing is, his fucking films, um, I've seen three of them now. I watched An English Haunting. I've seen Winter Skin. I saw The Barge People. All completely. Oh, and we had the privilege of watching. Uh, what the hell is it called? We kept making up names for the movie, and now yeah. I can't remember the real one. Blood Ranch. Death Ranch? Death Ranch. Death Ranch. Which, uh, you know, I pitched him. I want to say Body Farm. So that is a black exploitation film about a dude who what? breaks out of jail, is picked up by his sister and his brother, and uh, while they're running away, they run into a cannibal uh, wing of the KKK. Who's oh, burning a girl shit. at the stake. Who uh, they find while they are burning a girl. Now, the reason I couldn't remember the name is because while me and Clark were enjoying the film, which is not available, I, I begged him to show us. So we will um, not speak. So, yeah. Well, oh, no. the thing is, we just were like, dude, there's so many good naming opportunities here. I, uh, what? We came up with Clannibals. Clannibals. <laughs> um, KK Cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ku Klux Cannibal. Or, or just Cannibals, but you spell it with three Ks. Yeah. Kind of like California. Yeah, yeah KK yeah. Cannibal. Yeah. Randy, your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. It's like a black, black, black clansman had three Ks. That is yeah. true. Oh yeah, we can't do that. No, I, I still think the strongest one is Clannibals. Clannibals. Clannibles. Although Clannibals sounds like a children's toy. It sounds yeah. like Danibals. Danimals. That's Danibles, what it's called. Yeah. Danimal Cannon <laughs> is a chiptune artist. Anyway, no. the thing about Charlie Steeds and his his company, every film unique and um, an English haunting. So um. I, I've been very vocal about my love for winter skin, uh, which I would call, um, oh God, what was I calling it? Dead Alive meets uh, Misery. Meets Pulp Fiction? Meets. No, I was just playing. You, you made a comment about uh, Quentin Tarantino blood. I, I did. Like yeah, it. yeah. There is the over the top blood. Yeah. Um, and people kept going, eh, not my favorite. You know what I mean? Everybody's just like, I don't know. I like Charlie, but that, not that one. And I was like, what, what are they talking about? And I'll tell you. A lot of people don't like the main actress in that movie. I'm not going to look up her name or anything because I know how we're running long. Um, As she said. <laughs> right. Have you watched Winter Skin? Yeah. So I watched the first. I didn't get a chance to finish because my punk ass coworker. So I watch movies at, at work. work. Yeah. So my punk ass coworker was acting like a little bitch. Anyway, uh, usually when I work my regular sh shift, my coworker doesn't isn't there. 
<laughs> so I don't have to worry about his bitch ass. But anyways, yeah, so I was watching it the 30, first 30 minutes of it. And I like the shots are beautiful. Oh, yeah. The 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 pacing was dope, too. Um, it was just, I think that actress, it was, it was more just like she didn't allow any, like, she didn't allow a beat in between, like, those moments of things she said. It just sounded all like. Like she was like reading off of something. Well, I think we talking about like when this, you showed up, you're like uh, she's over the top. Like her, she's too much character. But that I mean that could work too because that can just be her as a person. Yeah. But I think it was just so she would like say all these lines and she didn't allow the scene to just breathe. She would just keep talking and talking and talking. Now I think part of that that fast pace is a choice, and that's why I compare it to Brain Damage, uh, a la Dead Alive, which we gotta watch. If you haven't yeah, seen Peter seen Jackson's film. It's it's fucking good, but it's kind of like zany. Like it's it's a horror movie for sure, and there's a ton of blood and undead incest goes on in that movie. It there's a lot of crazy shit, but it's always kind of funny. And not and I fucking hate comedy and horror. Yeah, but I, don't I, like I think Charlie nailed it in Winterskin. And yeah, again, like people are just like, oh, not my favorite. I don't I don't know. I don't think they get it. I personally love brain damage, and I I think those go hand in hand. An English haunting, man, uh, we're doing the nuclear uh, family challenge again with the ghost story. That film, though, again, he's doing the Ryan Murphy. He's bringing in a bunch of different elements. He's uh, taking tropes in different directions. Strong film. I would recommend you watch that. I think you have to rent that one on Amazon Prime right now. He's got another one on. Um, so how much can I pay him to watch that? Uh a cannibal Danimal. I don't know. I'll hit him up. Cannibal Danimal. Cannibal Danimal. Danimal Clan. Um, and uh, no, uh, there's another one on Amazon Prime that is just on Prime and it's free to stream. Cannibal Farm. Yeah, and I There's know. two Cannibal Farm. He's got a can. Dude, he's got 10 movies. He's running out of names. God damn. <laughs> Hey, you taking any sale? Hey, hey, Charlie, even though I said fuck you, uh, can I can I get an internship or something? Dude, I'll he's he's cool. I love that dude. Anyway, um, I'll I don't know. I no, let's talk. I wanted to talk about this fucking movie. I'm gonna keep watching his films, and I'm gonna bring it forward. I'm gonna force people to watch Dark Temple Pictures. I love it. Hopefully, we can get them to sponsor our show, and we'll have Clark doing ad reads or something. Ooh. Anyway, well, we about s- creepy talk. Get oh out! Oh my god! Oh, I thought. Get him out of here! Get, get him out! Get the fuck out! <laughs> I'll beat your ass! It took me two hours to crawl through those eight doors. <laughs> he came through the vent. Get him the fuck out of here! That's why it's so fucking hot in here. No, get up and throw him out. Well, take get- off all your clothes. Get out! <laughs> <laughs> your acting was way better in short. <laughs> He's gone. All right. Now we all have a movie to talk about, too. I'm telling you, everybody listening out there, I know you're still hanging in because everybody likes watching a fucking car wreck. But these late night shows, we got to stop doing them. That's why we got to have a Patreon. We got to quit our jobs and then we'll just do these, you know, high energy. Also, can we plug a pod? Do you even have a name for the podcast you're going to start doing soon? Oh, no, let's not. Uh, No, no, because the only reason me and Clark ever did this was because Clark gave us a deadline and said, if we're not doing it by here, we're never talking about it again. Okay. Really quick, though. You got five seconds. My name is Zadi. I live in East Bay. I live in Oakland. And me and my cousin are going to start a podcast called Brody Talk. Brody Talk. We're just going to talk about other shit. I'm throwing it because, you know, I love talking about movies. So I'm trying to throw in movies, but it's going to be various subjects. Brody Talk. 
That's it. That's soon. good. Yeah, we'll okay. keep you updated. That's fine. However, uh, Russell and I had to be the first guest you have on your show. Ooh, I'm down. Thank you so much. And All we're right, talking about Exorcist 3. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll talk F. about California. And do you want to talk about this movie now? So was it two weeks ago? We talked to the filmmaker and actor from Survival Skills. Yeah, Quinn and Vayu. Quinn and Vayu. And Quinn talked about his inspiration uh, for, for, for Survival Skills. And it was a uh, training video used for the Canadian police. Uh, named Surviving Edged Weapons, which was produced in 1988 uh, by director Dennis Anderson. Okay, so Russ, um, you were able to find that. We found the whole thing on YouTube, is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and again, we, we've talked about training videos um, on this show, and uh, we, 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 we talked a lot uh, with Quinn about training videos, and he said that Surviving Edged Weapons really... Is he took a lot of um, inspiration from this directly, and it's it's clear in certain aspects, especially at the beginning oh, of the for film, sure. and especially with the voiceover, uh, where then you completely understand why he wanted Stacy Keach for the role, uh, because of the voiceover in in this particular documentary. Um, boy, is this this is this is not the typical training video. This is no, not the typical no. training ish. It's it's everything you want out of it. And then it's not because it gets really real and it, there's, there's a lot of graphic imagery in here and, um, you know, grown men are crying, yeah, uh, at yeah. certain parts of this because, uh, this is all about defending yourself against edged weapons, uh, out there on the field, uh, in the field as a police officer. And, um, it gets pretty ridiculous, uh, with the uh, staged attacks, and uh, you know, I've got a I've got a credit card with uh, razor blades all over it that I hide under my dashboard. So things like that, and then oh, I've got a switchblade under my gas cap of my motorcycle. Yeah, which I'm sure are all real. They're ridiculous, yeah. but they're fucking. Real. I'm sure it, it happened one time, one time and yeah. they and they were like, "There's a there's a documented case of a switchblade under a gas tank. It's going in the documentary." So, um. I mean, again, you know, it, there's graphic imagery of uh, they show so many stab wounds. Yeah, they do. So many stab wounds. But the beginning of the film is oh, it's the um, th- the sketches that they have for this are great. It starts off as a caveman learning about edged weapons, and then we aren't, don't we see well, here's a, the a thing. pimp or something? The reason I mentioned that it's not like a traditional <laughs> training video is because the one we were making fun of with Country Kitchen, it's clearly like a dude they pulled off the line, and they're like, hey, here, here's a script. Like, we're going to make an instructional video. This had production. Oh, yeah. And we open up, we go back, a, I don't know, 2,000 years in time, and we watch a caveman roasting an animal he killed, yep. while another caveman up on a hill is sneaking up on him to shank him. And they're in full costume. And we're like, what the yeah. fuck does this have to do with the police department? No, no, not even just that. The fact that they'll have like, like they have different storylines going throughout. So they'll, you, they'll show you like one part of a scene and then it'll end and they'll show, they'll talk about other things and then they'll go back to that. Like remember the, the corporate, the corporate guy with all yeah, the yeah. plays. And so that was interesting. I never would think about seeing that in a training video. Well, you, Jasadi, uh, was really taken by one guy who was wearing like kind of baggy pants. You could tell he had an athletic build. Yeah. And this dude was just in his office. 
practicing with these fucking exotic blades. And then, you know, he puts them in his hidden pockets. And the whole thing is, you know, that we cut away from here. Yeah. And he gets in like no, a convertible. He, no, no, he, he drives, drives away. in his Porsche. He drives in a he Porsche. He leaves out of his nice And then we cut. Office. And then yeah. like later on in the film, uh, they pull him over and pat him down. And the whole thing is just, you got to, he got, he got a pat down. What kind of Porsche? Uh, was it a 911? I didn't say I was asleep. a 911. Yeah, Porsche, Porsche 911. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. We can't. Is it a 944? Maybe. Randy, uh, uh, in in the Porsches, can you tell us where the horses are? Uh, in the back. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's an old town road reference. Oh, yeah. I forgot oh, that I knew that. Favorite songs. Good throwback. I want Randy Old Town Road or Sunflower. What's what's your go to? I don't even know what sun. Oh, Sunflower. Yeah, Sunflower. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah. My nephew loved Old Town Road so much, and I was getting so annoyed that he kept asking me to play it. So I found a YouTube video where somebody played the song for an hour, and I just turned it on, and I left the room. I closed the door and left him in the room. And this, I opened the door. It, it had to have been like, like 15 or 20 minutes in, and he's still like, yeah. Oh, I'm like, what no. is wrong with you? You are evil. <laughs> well, while we're talking about throwbacks and 9-11, uh, did you want to do your joke? You had that bit on 9-11? No, I do not. <laughs> no, I do not. Come on, it was good. No, it was not good. The setup was like two Jenga towers or something. Oh. <laughs> okay, we'll keep going. That's not the anyway. setup. That's the punchline. Anyway, Goodness. which is why you should not be doing the soundboard. <laughs> well, I knew you weren't going to tell it, so I just wanted to get it out there. Pass. Um, should I play the apology again? Nope. Anyway, you forgot about the best weapon. The one that we were thinking about merchandising, mm. where it's an Overlook uh, our hat. With the razor blades taped yeah. to the back. Oh, oh God. Bro, the narrator <laughs> breaks down how, like, so uh, apparently we don't know about this, but there's like this underground market of like different type of blades where people are just making all these ways. Like a pin? To, yeah, like a pin that comes out to a blade. And uh, apparently people wear like just regular snapback hats, but on the back, there's a bunch of little razor blades. And so when you tip your hat to an officer, I'm like, hey, have a nice day, officer. Just hit him with slash. <laughs> slash. And I'll tell you, you know, so. <laughs> Lipstick. Yeah. The f- yeah. Uh, popular with the prostitute. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so the film is a bunch of vignettes of um, like situations that are clearly never going to happen. There's one dude in an alley way down this deep alley. And he's got he's just standing there. His car's parked in the middle of it. And a, a cop turns around and goes gets out of the car and says, hey, you got to move your car. The dude runs to his car, grabs a katana, (laughs) then runs, starts sprinting down the alley, and the the cop just turns around, gets in the car, drives away. (laughs) It's like, what fucking world are we living in? No, the best one is the guy with the rapier in his house. Oh, Clark missed that one. So so when, no, when, whenever we watch anything here, Clark uh, will get up and, you know, he'll go to the kitchen, make something. Every time he gets out that door, it's, it's it's just it triggers something cool happening every time every fucking time and sometimes we'll be watching a movie it will be like two hours into a three hour movie he'll get up in two hours and 30 minutes and then it gets good it's fucking weird and you missed it a dude uh the police were knocking on his door he grabs like a fucking bastard sword and then he cracks the door open and stabs him it's <laughs> he cracks it open just anyway stabs him. I promise you it's a real video. Uh, I put the link up on um, the Overlook page two weeks ago. I'll put it up there again. You Honestly, the best one, the third act, the police raid a building. 
uh, it opens up with an Iron Maiden poster, and then uh, the camera turns around, and there is clearly somebody worshiping Satan. Holy shit, that was... And, uh, of course, they got an edge weapon, and it's a curved dagger. You'll want to watch this movie. Is Sturgis, North Carolina happening outside? (laughs) Uh, That's our buddy. That's the MMA guy. Oh, uh... Don't, don't, because he might listen and he'll beat you up. He might listen. No, he's he very stocky. He's too busy ingesting protein. No, no, we, we wave to each other. <laughs> we wave to each other. Thank you for laughing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think we're done on that. It's, it's fucking good. It's bizarre. It's funny and entertaining. Yeah. Um, even though it put half of our audience to sleep because, you know, yesterday we were in here sleep. again. Motherfucker. I wasn't sleeping. I ate a big ass burrito. I ate a baby sized burrito. You you day. had a giant. You burrito. did have a big burrito. Yeah. And Clark, you had what'd you eat? Uh something I didn't like. I was experimenting with chicken. And then you passed out Kit Kat ice Kit cream. Kat ice cream. Oh yeah. The Kit Randy, <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> Don't be Randy, how how do you feel about the Kit Kats? They're good. I'm, it's I like love, a top top five candy. It, Ooh, you know I, what? That's a fair I, assessment. No, I I I I you uh, you don't like the Kit Kat? Uh, I don't think I don't think it's top five. Definitely not. I mean, it could be Chris Rock. Top five, excellent film. That's a good yeah. joke. I love I love Kit Kats. Uh, do, Randy, do not do not fall victim to the Kit Kat ice cream uh, <laughs> sham that is happening in grocery stores all throughout this nation. Randy, there's 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 very little Kit Kat involved. You just have a giant block of. Um, Chocolate. Inside of that chocolate is shitty ice cream. And then lightly crumbled on top of that is Kit Kats. And that's it. And then it's sold as a uh, ice cream Kit Kat treat. It's no good. It's a pass. <laughs> no thank you. Have you tried the Twix ice the, cream? Now the Twix ice cream, it took me a while to get into it because it's got the it's got the cookies and little balls. And I was like, oh, no, I wanted the stick. But then I was like, you know, swishing the ball around your mouth. Ooh. Uh, you got the caramel. The yeah. ice cream's a little better. The Twix ice cream, home run, round the yeah. bases. Really? Okay. Love it. Yeah. Now, is Twix the cookie crunch or is that Kit Kat? No. Huh? Who's cookie got the cookie crunch. crunch? That's Twix. Okay. The ice cream Kit- doesn't fuck with that? Kit Kat's a wafer. No, it's good. It, the, the, the Twix ice cream works. Snickers ice cream, it's also, it's a classic. Yeah. The, the Snickers ice cream, love a Snickers. Yeah, you're a bitch for that, too. <laughs> Why? Because you're passing them out while I was fasting. I think that's your choice. Yeah, that's I your know, choice. I know. You could have one after. No, I got to commit. You want one right now? Uh, Maybe. What time is it? Oh, it's too late. It's too late for it. Oh, I haven't eaten You tonight. haven't eaten today. I know. All right. But it's, it's working. I'm down 12 pounds. You look great. You do. Oh, t- you, you look thin. Just wait till you see me naked. <laughs> I'll see you naked. I don't care. You've seen me naked. Uh, only your butt. You didn't see the front. Oh, uh, we got a uh, we got video. Yeah, we got video. Wainer. Yeah, but I don't think that was. I don't think the shot called for that. He just offered it up. He was like, "Here's for B roll." <laughs> yeah, he kept the camera running, so I just started swinging my dick in front of the camera. We got to. And like- by swinging, I mean bobbing like a little bobtail dog. <laughs> Yeah, he was standing there and a squirrel came in through the window and was trying yeah. to grab at it. Because oh, unbothered, my penis looks like a elevator button in the middle of a Brillo pad. The small grower like me. <laughs> All right, let's kill ourselves. I basically just did that bit so we could I know. use for that drop. <laughs> All right. Um, 
No, I'm not joking. I fucking hate these after work things. Like we we gotta we gotta stop. Let's pull your audio from your work. Let's throw it up there for a Patreon. Oh yeah, you should. It'll work. It's not Wait, happening. do you have access to it now? Yeah, of course I do. You can download it. I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not playing it on Why this. Why not? Are you Why kidding not? me? Well, not on here for Patreon. He's not trying okay. to lose his well, job. Patreon. Okay, here's the Patreon. $500 a month, <laughs> which goes directly to me. Well, how much content we got? How much people? How much do you want? Are we going to get Joe Rogan yelling at you now that he's out in Texas? I've got everything you want. Oh, what if you do, do get Joe Rogan calling you? <laughs> he's not going to fucking happening? call. <laughs> he would. There's this. So okay, do a Joe Rogan voice and yell at him that uh, your fridge isn't uh, working. I don't know how to sound like Joe Rogan. <laughs> uh, uh, MMA. Uh, Whoa, what yeah, the fucking. Uh, <laughs> so this week's show. I don't I don't listen to that. Movie. I'm going to pull that. Uh, enjoy our interview with Chris DePredis. Uh Chris, I apologize for you having to. Hopefully you didn't listen to all. This. I know. <laughs> Not listen to it. I don't know. He's cool. He'd do it just to tell us he did it. Chris is great. Uh, also, we we uh, need to thank uh, Randy's mom again for making this uh, <laughs> happen, as uh, she was the one who notified Randy of uh, a film taking place in the the beautiful town of Pleasanton, California. And then we find out that Chris DePredis went to the same high school as one Randy Michael Stan, yeah. and then they never met. No, he beat him up. <laughs> And then it we, sounds we, like we, neither we, him nor I met many people in high school. So I know. <laughs> you were hung up in lockers next to each other. See, that, <laughs> exactly. That's a, world, that's a world I didn't know because I, I went to school with 500 people and that's from kindergarten to senior year of high school. That's Damn. 500 people in the whole school. I knew second graders. <laughs> I didn't want to know second graders, but I knew second graders. Also, if you're a senior, then you have a five-year-old that they give you for the year. They As give a kid? you a five-year-old? <laughs> I mean, you have a, you have a kid. So, <laughs> Your home ec was gnarly, dude. <laughs> I could have packaged that better. <laughs> but every senior would have a... Uh, they, would, they would do various field trips throughout the year where seniors would take kindergartners to the zoo or yeah, to like, the movie. Like the buddies. Yeah. yeah. And so my kindergartner was the, the bad kid of the bunch. But then... He graduated high school four years ago. Damn. How old does that make you feel? Yeah. You still connected with him? The kindergartner that I, he graduated college. I don't know. He wasn't very bright in the kindergarten. Maybe he picked up. Maybe he's got a college degree. But <laughs> was he highly regarded? He also had a glue problem at kindergarten. <laughs> kid, problem. kid was smelling glue all the time. Enjoy the interview well, with Chris. Chris also directed. What the hell is happening? You don't remember the name. What Same is- hose. Oh, he didn't direct. He produced it. Oh my bad. Randy cut this from the show. <laughs> <laughs> he produced Same Hose by the game Nipsey Hustle. R.P. Todd Dallas. Oh, he talks all about the Nipsey Hustle in the interview. Yeah, it's oh, a great man. interview, and I'm dragging him out to our live stream on Thursday. So, yeah, check that out. Chris, I don't, know. don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, do it. This, I'm gonna call this, off work. This interview happens the same day. Hopefully, that you can uh, listen through this eight-hour interview <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before you go and make a terrible Dude, choice of going. He'll, he'll with be them. parking right in front of the house, and, and this part's <laughs> gonna play. So enjoy the interview, and we'll see you next week. Bye.
Chris, you know, I have a bunch of, I have this fantasy of you coming in here and sitting down with us and I have all these videos I want to show you. We can definitely do that once, you know, the world is not on fire. Yeah. What's the commute like from where you are, Chris? That'd be like 45 minutes? Uh, yeah. You guys are in, in uh, the San Bruno area. You're near, near the airport, right? Yeah. 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 It's about 45 minutes. So you're still, you're still out in Pleasanton, Chris? Uh, we got a place in Livermore, but um, when we when we shot the movie, we were still living in Pleasanton. But uh, yeah, we're even further out now. Chris, I have I have a little experience with with Pleasanton and in, in the Livermore area as um, in the summer of two thousand and thirteen or fourteen, I played a nursing home <laughs> in uh, Dublin that's near the Wiener Schnitzel there. Okay. Yep. I know. Uh, I know where the Wiener Schnitzel is. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know about a, a nursing home, but yeah, it's it's right down that road. It's on the left. Again, this is like seven what years ago. The fuck? Yeah, I played a nursing home. I got paid in Starbucks gift cards. Oh, you got paid though. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got a fifteen dollars Starbucks gift card for fifteen minutes. It's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, a dollar a minute. I know, right? <laughs> like sixty dollars an mo- hour. The most I oh, the most I ever got paid was a hundred for fifteen. Whoa! At a uh, toy convention in oh, okay. Santa Rosa. <laughs> yeah, we heard that story. Yeah, uh, Lou Ferrigno was there. It was great. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno cool. and uh, what was what was that wrestler's name? Hacksaw. No. Uh, David Arquette. Oh, that'd be good. Honky Tonk Man was the Honky Tonk Man. Anyway, and then also, <laughs> uh, and then Pleasanton, of course, is home to what I'm going to regrettably call the worst uh, comedy club in the Bay Area. <laughs> Right. Where's that? Uh, Tommy T's. I've never been there. You've never it's been by it's by In and Out and Chick Fil A. Yeah, oh, it's kind of okay. like a, it's sort of like an industrial park over there, right, Randy? There's yeah. a lot of office yeah. buildings and stuff. Yeah, and it's it's hunkered back there. I think it's like right in front of a uh, right behind a, a Chevron station. What what makes it the worst? It is a it is a, a very strange layout. Okay. Very. Um, first of all, it's it's two stories there, and um, with comedy clubs, you 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 want to be intimate atmosphere. You want low ceilings, and you want to be able to see the room. Sure. It's uh, Tommy T's. You can barely see the back wall. It's so long and narrow and tall, <laughs> and it just feels very echoey. And uh, I, I, yeah, it's it's not the best uh, aesthetic. Interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that it was there, but maybe I uh, maybe I'll check it out one of these times. You know. Also, I was thinking about our our platform, the show. Should we call these interviews? I feel like what we want is a conversation, but we always like get weird in there. Uh, you get weird. I, I know. Just I always let it get happen, weird, brother. All right. Well, let's go back to to why we're talking to Chris. Um, on oh shit, episode two oh seven, Randy watched a movie. Death Blood Four. Now we should say that Randy watched this. For I think we should open up thanking Randy's mother for uh, booking this episode. <laughs> essentially, wait, what? Yeah, because Randy's mom was the one who told him about this film. How'd your mom know? Because uh, it was in the paper, the Pleasanton Weekly. Oh. <laughs> and I went home to visit one weekend, and she was like, "Have you heard about this horror movie that was shot in Pleasanton?" It's like, no, I have no clue. So yeah, she's the one that told me about it. Well, Chris, how'd you get in the newspaper? You know, we, uh, I, I asked actually, I, 
we, we, <laughs> I sent him an email and just, uh, I, dude, I sent emails out to so many different publications and papers and stuff like that. But the Pleasanton Weekly um, actually got back and they were like, uh, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll check it out. Actually, first I reached out to a blogger in the paper and just asked if he would, you know, if he would review it. And then he checked out the movie and he's like, ah, it's not really my, uh, you know, my brand, I guess. But, um, but he passed, he passed it off to the rest of their, you know, editorial team. And, um, and then they, they ended up doing a whole, uh, spread on it. And then they, they gave us the the front page, which was pretty sweet, which was a cool surprise. We had no idea. Hey, good on them for having like positive news. Totally. That is one thing you just don't see anymore. And like celebrating a local indie film. Yeah. That yes. that celebrates the community and a horror film. Yeah, welcome to the genre, Chris. Uh, <laughs> people totally. cannot wait to shit on you, and yeah. um, which is why I was shocked that Randy watched it. Because well, first off, Amazon Prime, we live there. We we live there in this house, and that's what we do. We just go deep on Amazon Prime. So when Randy brought up, he found a local horror movie on AP. I was actually kind of <laughs> jealous. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty cool. I, I was psyched to uh, to get it up onto Prime. I mean, you know, it's yeah, it's good, <laughs> it's good for the. Uh, it's definitely, I, I'm definitely psyched for the. To, to be honest, we had no idea what we were going to do with it. We were like pretty into making the movie, but um, but as far as like getting it out there, we we kind of. I mean, I've never gotten this far in in the process before. You know. So your IMDb, it's not like vapid. You you've got eleven production credits. So are these like student projects, or did you get all the way through to distro? So there's one other uh, feature on there that I produced. It's called Navy Seals versus Demons. And um, <clears throat> when I when I lived down in LA, uh, you know we 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 got some financing to make this movie, but. Um, uh, that, that, you know, Navy SEALs movie. Um, but I was only, you know, I was on there as a producer, but my contract was up, you know, at the end of production. So I left that production that was in 2014 and then, you know, they were having all sorts of trouble and, um, it did eventually go to, to DVD in 2017 and it's, it's on prime now, which was kind of cool. Cause I was at Walmart and just saw it on the shelf, which, which was pretty sweet. But the, the reason that I, I pointed out is because I had no, I mean, not only did I not have any part of the distribution of that movie, but I had no take on the, uh, on post-production or anything like that. So, um, you know, I, I did, I, the majority of my experiences is, is just during, you know, doing production work as opposed to, um, really like starting, starting with development going all the way to distribution this is the first time that um that i've been a part of the full process on on a single project now, did you spearhead this whole project was death blood for like your baby um yeah and i i partnered with um a buddy of mine in who lives in pleasanton and and who i work with um but uh but yeah it was it was basically his name is darwin clark and basically um dar and i uh are the two that kind of teamed up to um to make it happen over the last couple years so um and, and of course with tons of help from other people but uh but yeah we 
we kind of were the ones who carried it. Okay, okay. Let's let's go back a little. So you didn't know Randy at all in high school. Correct. Y'all didn't date the same girl? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I was dating much in high school, so no. <laughs> Do you remember seeing Randy around the halls? I um <laughs> I mean you know, I'm I, sure I, he had I, a trench coat on. He was easy to see. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if uh, Amador is a big school, but we did have like, I don't know, we probably have like 2,500 kids or something, right? So uh, to me, that seems kind of. Uh, yeah, it, it seemed relatively big. Uh, I think Clark asked me like a couple shows ago how many people were in my graduating class, and I have no fucking clue. I don't know. I said like 300, but there might be more. Oh, Martin. <laughs> Fucking dumb. <laughs> okay. Now, I don't know anything about Pleasanton um, except that what? Did it birth you, Randy? Where did you grow up there? Uh no, I was born in Hayward and lived there for like 10 years then moved to Pleasanton. Hayward, the working man's Pleasanton. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, so everything I know about Pleasanton is uh, it's from Death Blood 4, but I I think I've heard that you've kind of created a um an urban setting that I'd love to live in that's not actually real. And, and I'm being very weird and cryptic about this. In the film, you have a street that has a pizza place next to a video store, next to a comic book shop. Is that real? No, and you're right. I I also would like to live there, but no, it's it's definitely not real. So the the I mean, there are no more video stores in Pleasanton now. Oh. Um that that video that's the video room in um in Oakland over near um it's near where i live currently which is pretty cool yeah and that guy and the owner of that is a pretty cool guy and he let us he let us go in there and film but i mean honestly um when i was writing it i just was writing locations i I mean i kind of was you know just like you said i kind of thought like like the coolest block ever would be like comic books and a video store and a pizza shop and those are just places that i would want to hang out in anyway but then when it actually came to trying to produce it we're like man where are we going to get a video store and we like i thought i was going to have to take my own dvd collection and like build a a video store in the studio but luckily we found this place and the guy was super cool he let us shoot there um and then uh there there that comic book shop though is in pleasanton and uh, and that's a newer place called King Kong. But the owner of it um, ha- actually had a place, had a comic shop in Pleasanton many years ago. So, um, but no, it's not all. All that stuff is not located on Main Street together or anything like that. Yeah, I, we were sitting down out there, and I'm like, "Fuck! How the hell did I not know about Pleasanton? <laughs> goddamn video store yeah, out there? They survived this decade." Well, and here's the thing: like I mentioned, we watch a lot of indie film, and one of the one of the merits your film has is it doesn't look it's not like oh i'm a horror fan and we shot this movie in my bedroom like that was clearly a video store and i'm curious how many dvds do you have in your collection um i probably have like i don't know i'm probably nearing like a thousand movies but i figure i I feel like you know how you know when you go to a video store how they're they're usually face out yeah, yeah, I feel like if I if I arranged them that way, I, I could have like made a somewhat convincing looking shop. But I mean, this guy, the video room. I mean, that you know, that guy's got probably 
I don't know, he probably has 10,000 movies or something. So that was, I mean, it, we lucked out getting that place. That's probably one of my favorite locations. And if we would have, um, you know, if I would have tried to recreate a video store in the studio, uh, <laughs> the movie definitely would have looked a lot more like you're describing, like shot in the bedroom or something. Yeah, like forced. Like you're trying to force a location that's not real. And um, the fucking angry video game nerd, he's got a room that he doesn't really shoot in and he's got like nothing but he turns them all faced out and it's like, you could really fake it. Yeah. But the thing the the video store that you shot in, it has that old hole in the wall appeal where it's like, I can't afford a big area, <laughs> but I've got a ton of shit in here. Yep. So it actually spoke more true to like, I don't know, like a fucking nerd that would, you know, choose to work in there instead of building robotics for a living. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. And I, and I don't know how, but you made me nostalgic for working in a pizza restaurant. Like that was the first job I ever had was working at a round table. And I felt nostalgic about the video store cause I used to manage one but it's, and worked there for four years. The thing is I didn't like working at that pizza place when I was working. There. I also didn't like managing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching this. I'm like, fuck man, I kind of want to work in a pizza place. And Oksana was sitting next to me. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like she remembered when I was working there. Yeah. So I don't know. You've got this like air of authenticity running through your movie. Which is, I, I don't understand how you did it when you have, you know, well, have you ever seen Dude Bro Party Massacre? Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I have recently become familiar with it. I'm, I'm sure you have. Yeah. <laughs> Just because of the similar idea, which yep. I think is actually a very clever narrative device. Because if, if you're dealing with tropes of a slasher genre and um, franchise horror, which Clark is wading into via Twitter, uh it's a really interesting way to like propel your story into a place you want it to be. Can you, can you talk about making that decision when coming to this film? It, you know, do you mean making the decision to, to make it a like deep into a franchise? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, so one of my favorite, um, you know, I like, you know, I like, so I'm, I'm a fan of the, uh, Halloween franchise. Right. And, um, and, and, plenty of, of different horror franchises but oh, no. okay i'm gonna have to make you defend that the halloween <laughs> franchise is not a strong one so how many how many deep are we talking with you so so i'm a fan uh all the way through but but actually exactly because it's it isn't uh very strong and and i agree like it's um it's a really it's obviously super broken and the and the further you get into it the less it makes sense right yeah um actually i I, um, you know, I, um, you know, between doing movies, I like to make zines and stuff like that. I did a zine called the, um, I'll, I'll try to send it to you guys. Oh, please it, do. Uh, it's called the Halloween, uh, the choose your own adventure franchise, because basically, I mean, at the end of each movie, you can determine like whether you want Laurie Strode to be alive or dead or whether you want her to have a kid now or a kid later. And then whatever you decide, you could just jump ahead to the next movie because they all sort of disregard each other and it's just a mess you know yeah but what i like about it i think is that um uh if you are if you are like a casual um viewer of halloween um that franchise would be so confusing but if you really go through it then you can it i think it takes a fan to to be able to explain like what is happening in all of those different movies and which ones count and which ones are part of these different timelines and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the Terminator is kind of becoming the same way. I just saw <laughs> dark fate the other day. 
uh, and it's also starting to become a, a mess where some movies count and some movies don't. Yeah. Um, but you know, basically, um, with death blood, uh, I, you know, we wanted it to be kind of a, you know, we wanted it to be a bad movie and like a B movie. Right. And we just felt like you can't really drive that point home, um, more than, uh, than if it's, like a like a deep sequel of a of what was probably already not a great horror movie to begin with, and um and you know I you guys know uh, you guys ever go to the draft house in the mission? Oh sure. yeah. Um, I was over there and I was watching. Uh, they were doing a thirty five millimeter um screening of Halloween three, and beforehand, um you know they were they had all these like old trailers for these uh 80s horror movies that they were just all garbage like really super corny kind of bad movies but as i'm talking about the alamo draft house uh uh-huh yeah wow that must have been way back because i know they kind of cut doing the trailer thing early on was this like when it first opened no it was it was only it was this was probably sometime in 2016 or 17 but um but i don't know if the trailers i don't know if the trailers were uh on film okay because um, Chrissy hawthorne he's the dude that does midnight maniacs he'll come out and i know he curated a couple early on and he brought a bunch of um trailers that were appropriate okay but was it a terror tuesday you went to i think it was terror tuesday yep that sounds okay. right yeah then, yeah and yeah. and i i do think all the trailers were digital especially because a lot of the movies that they were showing there's no i mean they were they had to have been shot on on videotape I don't. I don't think most of these movies uh, for the trailers. Most of these trailers were actually for films that were shot on on film. Uh, but anyway, I you know we were watching it and um, and I just thought, man, I I really love just a, there's something really comforting about kind of popping in a, an old corny horror movie and um, and uh, but I also realized that somebody back in the '80s had to like do the work to make that movie so that people 30 years later could you know could enjoy it and so that i think that was part of like the um the idea behind death world is like well you know and this this movie 20 years from now will be this old corny horror movie from um uh from the 2000 teens or whatever and and then it'll you know there will be a fan base who kind of likes it at that point if that makes sense Totally. It I'm I'm interested I find it curious that um your reference point is Halloween, which again, just to uh push home the fact that this is a terrible franchise, look up the uh the memes of how the masks changed in every movie. <laughs> it's just a fucking dumb idea, and they look awful. Also, it's a uh, franchise where they kill the survivor girl and then bring her back. Right. It's also a franchise where the third movie is just not related. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's terrible. Yet your film, you're you're doing a play on the franchise thing, except you're not really doing a slasher play. Your your film's actually more like Critters. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really, um, and that's you know that's been a a, a 
I think disappointing to certain, you know, certain people. We, um, <laughs> those are dumb people. Don't worry. about that. <laughs> Cool. Well, you know, I, 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 like we have gotten the, we have gotten the criticism that, um, that like, there's not enough death and not enough blood. And I, th- I obviously, I think that that's true. Uh, but I think, you know, we like the, um, there's certain aspects of the slasher genre that I like, but there's also a lot of sci-fi in there. And, you know, there's even, um, I mean, I, you know, we were, I, you know, we were watching a lot of '80s movies, and so even things like John Hughes, which are a little bit more, um, uh, obviously they're not horror movies, right? But <laughs> you know, I, I think we were kind of as interested in in as many of those other ideas as um, relationships, the horrors of adolescence, man. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, but you're right. It, it isn't, it isn't like a, a hefty slasher movie. And, and you know, when I, when I've tried to get it in front of horror people, I think they usually are disappointed in that. However, um, uh, the Pleasanton crowd, uh, especially some of the, um, especially some of the older folks, I think have enjoyed the movie and probably wouldn't have if we had gone super hard and, you know, in with the violence and stuff. Yeah. So, um, and you know, and, and I realize that that's a pretty small, tiny audience to sell to, but I think that I am kind of psyched to try to, you know, I am kind of psyched to, to have something for, you know, pleasant and people. <laughs> it's not for, you know, you're going to find a home with the, um, monster kids. Now that's now, okay. Horror is a large umbrella. And the slasher fans, they're not the best film fans. I'd hate to say it, but they're I'll kind of, it. it's, you know, style over substance. They, they are really looking for a kill count. They want to root for the bad guy. Narratively, there's a bunch of problems with traditional slasher storytelling. Typically daddy issues. Continue. Well, Clark <laughs> is uh, not a fan. Actually, it's about the triumph of a strong woman and being precocious. Yeah. And uh, was beat up by their daddy. Continue. It's, well, it's also about <laughs> underdeveloped men. So you get, you know, dudes who have sexual issues, a la Randy. And, you know, your film, the thing is, you're, you're a writer, dude. Your, your movie, you've got so many twists and turns. And no matter where you jump in, there's always like a new thing being added. The world's always developing a little further. Like, um, one of my favorite things that I imagine is quite distracting to audience members is uh, the introduction of the character G7. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah, like you couldn't throw that into Halloween 5. But in your film, you d- so we got a couple older reviewers at the Overlook Theater, and uh, they're big fans of like Hammer Horror, or you go further back and like just kind of throw away 50s sci-fi, or, you know, even kaiju stuff. And a lot of the things that people, like casual fans don't realize is like, you know, there's Godzilla movies. There's one at least where Atlantis is a thing, and there are aliens showing up. And there's so much other weird world building and narratively slashers are the only, only form of supernatural element in the film. So it's like, there's one monster in the world and it's that guy Mm -hmm. where in your world, you've opened up the door to have all sorts of shit happening, which if you get an audience that is willing to sit down and pay attention, it's way more rewarding. And I, I, I'd love to see what you're going to write beyond this. Are, are you thinking about expanding on Death Blood? Well, we um, 
the well, I am working with some people to do like an anthology uh, feature. Um, so each one of us would kind of tackle a different short, but we do kind of have the idea of it existing in the same universe as Death Blood, and maybe even recycling certain characters like Chief Beef or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. You know, I don't know if we're going to do like a full other Death Blood movie or anything like that. And I, I will say, you know, in, in part, um, the part of the point, like I, like I said about making a, making it a B movie is just to sort of pay that forward because we also like B movies, but, but another sort of strategy that, uh, or reason for that was just that I have never, I have before death blood, I had never directed anything before. And, um, I, you know, I usually, uh, I, pr- I make my living producing and, um, I've done a little bit of writing, but I'd never directed. And so, um, you know, I, and I, I think that that's probably fairly apparent when you watch the movie. And, and so I think that part of the reason that I wanted to do a B movie is because it would sort of give me a, a place where I could, uh, learn and make mistakes. And if, if the movie turned out not that great, then that's fine. Cause it's a, it's a B movie anyway, and it's not supposed to turn out too, you know, it's, I'm not working with material that's like really precious to me or, or anything like that. Um, and I still have more, you know, I still have a lot more to learn in, in terms of directing. And so I do think that, that there'll still probably be another movie or so that is kind of similar to death blood where it's just sort of a, a, an area where I can, um, just practice. Chris, who the hell have you been talking to? It sounds like somebody's beat up your film or something. Like you're you're operating from like behind a shield, and I'll tell you, I'm I'm here to uh, undo that. I found a lot of um, your film had integrity. For people, here's here's the thing I hate. I fucking hate it when people make a B movie. And when I watched yours, I didn't get that at all. And mainly because your characters are thoughtful, they interact in ways that are rewarding. Uh, the camera language is slow and patient. Which with a lot of with a lot of people who are like, I'm gonna make a fucking funny horror movie. Right. One, they're usually not a fan and it shows. Two, they usually think they're really funny, and the camera language just does not portray it that way. Like they'll edit so heavily that it will um trample all over their jokes. Um, there's really no horror element. And I think, you know, uh, the strength- So you're sort of projecting on their intentions. Yeah, well, it's just a language. Like the thing I got from Chris's film with Death Blood is the subtleties. There's a lot of like nuance. Like I mentioned G seven because I fucking like that character. Yeah. Also, um, when somebody lacks the instinct to make a cool film, they'll take something like G seven, like, okay, just for everybody, just so people know what I'm talking about. There is a, uh, TV VCR combo. That is a character in the film. Uh, it talks through the, uh, through the slot. I, I don't know any better way to put it. <laughs> and then there are eyeballs. Now, the thing is, this character... Di- if, digital eyeball on the screen. Uh, I, they look analog to me. What? Do you understand <laughs> what <I'm saying? laughs> No, the thing is, you take something like that, that is um, unique and incredibly interesting, and it will ruin a scene. So, you know, um, uh, we have a young girl working on some machinery next to this uh, entity. And then a character comes in and if, if it were a lesser director, Chris, this robot, this Android, this uh, AI 
would have stole everything and they would have explained it to death. Like they would have kind of um, just talked about it in a way that ruins it for the audience. Yet your film, it, you allow him to exist in a world that feels like it's been around. Like people aren't shocked by it and they kind of just treat him like a dude. And by the end of the film, you're like, what the fuck was going on with that thing? <laughs> you get what I mean? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I, it's just, your film didn't come off like you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to make this movie and it'll be kind of jokey and a dumb horror thing. So people won't hang me when they see it. They'll just kind of get it. Also your cast. How did you, how did you um cast the film first off? So it's, um, it's a mixture of, um, there's some family and friends. And then I also used a uh, backstage casting. Um, you know, the, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, with it, but it's just, you know, casting service. Oh, it's like an app, like grinder. <laughs> Actually, that's a good idea. There should be, there should be a casting app like that. Uh, Back casting. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, like the lead is my, that's my little sister. That's Tess. Um, who plays the the lead character, and um, and then uh, now did did you make them read, like, or were they just like, hey, you're in the movie, or did you actually have them sit down and read lines? Uh, I, every, everybody read for it except for uh, Sean because I just wrote that character for him, and um, and also Chief Beef, who's Len, and um, I also wrote that character for Len. So okay, now. That's important because you've already separated yourself from a bunch of indie directors. When somebody picks up a camera and they're just like, Hey, I'm going to go out here and make a movie. They normally are like, Hey, you're, you're in the film. You're my dad. And I don't know anybody. And you got to look, if you made them read, dude, your instincts are there. And I, I wanted to bring that up because it doesn't come across like their friends and family. I had no idea. Cool. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome to hear. I mean, I, I will tell you that we, um, even though we had, you know, pretty much no money, we still wanted to go through the process as if, you know, we wanted to go through the process as if we did have a million dollars or something. Like basically we felt like, Hey, if you're going to practice, we should still do everything right. You know, as yeah. best, as best we can. We also have a good looking film. Like what did you shoot it on? So that is on the, um, uh, the Ursa mini, um, which is black magic and, and, uh, that, you know, Dar Clark, um, who I, who I had mentioned, who I partnered with to make the movie, uh, was the DP. And, um, we both do, I don't know if I said this, we both do corporate video. Like that's how we live. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he's a, you know, he's a good, he's a good cameraman here to take this in a weird direction with the whole quarantine lockdown and the mass exodus from California, are you guys worried about that at all? I feel like our startup culture has kind of crumbled. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't know. I mean, it is, it is a pretty, uh, it is a pretty crazy time. So we, uh, so we work for, you know, a, a one single, we're part of a media services department for one single firm, um, that probably, you know, is, is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. But, um, but in general, yeah, I, I, hope that we don't lose too much here because um yeah i mean well you know we we have another um 4 years ago when i started doing the overlook thing one of our mission statements was to force filmmakers not to move to la 
And we had this big goal where it was like, we're going to network people and we'll have a cool community out here because we like the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And I found that a lot of the talented people really do work in like corporate gigs, just doing little commercials or like kind of training videos. And I mean, Robbie Smith, who's a dude we, we mention all the time, he works with the dude who's also doing it, like kind of corporate camera work. Okay. And, and it's almost like, I don't want that to go away. Cause I feel like that's how we're keeping the talent out here. Like you're making money doing it. Um, did, did you go to film school? I did. Yeah. I, so I went to, um, Northridge down in, in Los Angeles and, uh, and I, I, you know, I was raised up here in Pleasanton, but I went thinking that I should probably move to LA if I wanted to do this. But the irony is that, um, we could not have made death blood in LA by any means. And, and it took coming back to Pleasanton to get it made. And the thing is, is that when I lived down there and I, and by the way, I love LA and I, um, uh, had great, you know, have great memories living down there and and working down there. But, um, I mean, there are so many filmmakers that, that, that competition just means that your rate is cut pretty low. I mean, you don't, you just, it's tough to make a lot of money and the work and, and similarly the work, like the, um, the work life is kind of crazy where every day is a 12 hour day. Plus your commute, you're doing 14 hours. You just, you just don't have like the energy to come to come home and work on personal projects. And, um, you know, uh, I ended up, my wife actually was looking online and found this, uh, this job, this corporate video job up here in San Ramon. And so, um, you know, I, we moved up here, I took that and it ended up being like, you know, making all the difference because suddenly we were working, you know, I, I'm, I'm off work at a decent time. I'm off work at four 30 or five and I still have energy to do stuff. And, um, and then the other big thing too, is, you know, when we were just going around Pleasanton asking for help and, and looking for locations and, and all of that kind of stuff, like so many people were really cool about it. And they were just like, Oh, what? you're making a movie. Yeah, totally. You could film here. But in LA, you know, nobody's nobody thinks that the fact that you're making a movie is cool. They just want to get paid for you being in their location, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And in LA, if you have like a buddy and you're like, Hey, you got to look, you want to be in my movie? He's probably like, I'm in the union. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) You got to fucking pay me. Yep. No, I mean, I'm so glad you came back to Northern California. I mean, I I wish we had more to offer you than wild fires and, (laughs) and unbreathable air. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Uh, are you thinking of doing another like gorilla shoot in Pleasanton or with the anthology film? Are you looking to do a higher production? Uh, you know what? I think the part of the idea of each one of us tackling a short is that we would, um, you know, each like producing team would put a little bit more into their short film. Um, and so we'd, so yeah, I think the produ- the general, the overall production value would be better. Um, because each one of us is just focused on a little piece. Um, but I'll tell you that, um, you know, if honestly, I didn't hate, I didn't hate the process of that, you know, that we went through with death blood, obviously I'd I'd like to have more funding so that we can pay people and, and do all of that. But, um, but I wouldn't mind doing another micro budget shoot kind of like this. Um, because we did have a lot of, we did have a lot of freedom and, you know, I, I had, um, 
you know, I was mentioning that that feature that we did a couple of years back, and it that was a pretty low budget movie, but they gave us, you know, they still gave us like a hundred thousand bucks, and that's enough money for them to, like, oh wait, you know, they were they were the the um, executive producers of of that were, you know, had a lot of. Um, they had a lot of say and they were always, you know, they wanted to know when we're shooting and we had, you know, we had, we had, a, um, we, I would say, and we did not have a lot of freedom on that project and that's not something, you know, I don't, I don't miss that, you know? Now you're talking about Navy SEALs V demons. Yeah. Yep. Dude. How, how did we not know about that movie? Which is very similar <laughs> to a YouTube video we watched before uh, starting this podcast. It was skaters versus Karen's. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very entertaining. Yeah. What how the fuck did you get attached to that movie? So um so so with that, you know, I, I worked for a guy down in LA and we did music videos um uh, of various sizes, you know. Um and like what? so probably so like the biggest the bigger um uh talent that we would work with would I guess be folks like uh like I don't know if you guys are familiar with the game or Waka Flocka or oh, um, yeah sure yeah Nipsey Hustle actually also before um, and then and then but then on the other end of the spectrum just like folks who we you know who who we had never heard their their content before and and they had you know a couple thousand bucks for a video so you know he and I did a lot of music videos and then we started doing short films and we kind of were doing like military um, like working with like military kind of stories and stuff like that, but still like genre movies. And so we were doing, we, we did like this zombie uh, project for, um, you know, for this, for this production company. And it was just like a short film of like, of like a special forces team killing zombies. And then the next thing, you know, next thing, you know, they came to us and they're like, Hey, we've got a, um, you know, we want to do a, a feature. And it's going to be a similar thing. It's going to be a you know a um, special operations group in this case Navy SEALs, and um, and and that movie you know starred you know the guy um, Mikhail Vega who's the star of that movie is an ex Navy SEAL, and that was like kind of part of the part of the idea was that it was going to be these these actual um, SOCOM guys who would um, who would star in it and everything. And so yeah, I mean basically. Um, we just kind of, I guess we got on their radar through doing um, short films with with some people in their circle. And then they they offered us the movie, which was pretty sweet at well, first. I mean, dude, Chris, if you're shooting with the game and Waka Flocka and R.I.P. Nipsey Hustle, you've kind of already broken in. How the hell, the hell did you get working with those guys? <laughs> you know, um... Yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't know. I mean, we, 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 um, <laughs> we, I'll tell you. So we, we would work with people who they knew, right? So we, we would work with other, um, you know, hip hop artists who I had never, who I had never heard of, but they were kind of friends with somebody. And then we worked with their friend and then they were a little bit closer. And, and we did eventually just kind of work our, our way up. And, you know, um, um, the director who I was working with at that point in time, his name is Jeff. Um, you know, we were able to, not unlike Deathblood, we were able to get projects done for um, a pretty low rate. And so um, I think that we were able to to attract some folks that way. Um, 
but but I will tell you, I don't really miss doing music videos by any <laughs> means. That wasn't a that wasn't an enjoyable. We're, we're not talking to the next Mick G. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, dude, Nipsey Hussle is huge in the Bay Area. I had no idea he, who he was until he died, mm-hmm. and my Instagram was just flooded with RIP, and I'm like, who is this dude? And I went back and looked at it. So I know there are people listening who are fans. Um, what, what videos did you help shoot? So or did you direct them? No, I, I, I only produced. Um, and uh, so we worked with, we worked with um, Nipsey Hussle when he was, um, wow, I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't, I'm not super familiar with his career, so I don't know when he, when he wasn't famous, but we worked with him in 2013. I believe, and it was a music video for the game, and then it featured Nipsey Hussle and Ty Dollar Sign, and um, and uh, that's that's how, and then that director did go on to do one more video for him. Anyway, that um, I think that that song is called "Same Hose," if I, if I remember it right. Oh, the classic, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, go, what you got? Good stories? You out there doing drugs with these guys? What's going on? You picking up chicks? No, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I honestly don't have any great, I don't have any, I don't have any fun stories from those. I mean, doing, doing music videos is kind of, is kind of a pain and there's, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I remember doing one shoot and, um, you know, we had rented a, you know, a studio space in, in downtown LA to do it, but then, uh, and you know, we, we show up there and it's like our crew and, uh, and we're talking with the, um, you know, with the manager of the studio and, and he's like giving us this many parking spaces and we could have this many people here and all that kind of stuff. We're like, oh, great. Yeah, that's perfect. And we have the production all planned out and we're excited. And then, you know, and this is like with so many different shoots, talent shows up, but then there's like just this entourage of people. And suddenly like, like it seems like half the time or maybe more than half the time, the music video is really a party. And I don't think I got that right at the beginning. Like I was there as like a motivated kind of like film student who is excited about like helping to shoot a, a video, but then talent shows up and they, they are like throwing themselves a party. And we just happen to be, you know, a music video is going to come out of this party. And, but that's kind of like a stressful and frustrating thing when you've got, um, you know, when you got the studio manager coming and they're like, you can't have all these cars, you can't have all these people. And, <laughs> and, and then, like, I'm trying to tell people, Hey, you guys can't park here. And I mean, I know you guys, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm, um, 140 pound, you know, kid from Pleasanton. So it's not like people want to listen to me when I tell them they can't park somewhere or something like that. So it, you know, it, I kind of, eventually I, I was, uh, I think I had my, my feel of it. You just got to channel that bully that picked on Randy. <laughs> You're 140. That's twice his weight. <laughs> no, but I, I, to turn serious with this talk, I think that that, boo, that lays that. That, no, but that lays a good foundation <laughs> for you. You know, I think that was a good experience uh, with that because you know with directing, it's hurting cats. So I think that um, a good experience is that you know you're hurting cats that are on ecstasy or whatever. So Whoa. yeah, no, you <laughs> want to know what goes on on you rat videos? Be like, They're having fun. You got to be like Harmony Kareem. Fun Kareen. is not something I have a purview to. You tell them to move their car, but you got a blunt in your mouth. You're like, <laughs> and then you're just like, yeah, come on, you got to move over there. And love <laughs> also, I'll tell you, as a horror director who used to do like rap shoots, big crossover market there. Like you remember Scary Movie? 
dude, so many people who I thought would never be a horror fan because, you know, they're like, they look like gangbangers and stuff. And they're like, they fucking love horror films. That's true. That's true. And Halloween uh, Resurrection. Yeah. Right. Oh. Is it Resurrection that has a has a, I think Buster Rhymes is in that oh one. Oh my and, I fucking oh yeah. hate Buster Rhymes in that movie. <laughs> they have a moment where Buster they do. Oh, here I I have to talk about it now that you brought it up. <laughs> They're shooting a reality show and Buster Rhymes is the host and he dresses up like Michael Myers in the house and he's going to jump out and scare him. Yeah, and they have a moment where he runs into Michael Myers and they do exactly what you think they do. He's like, "Hey man, I'm supposed to be Michael Myers." <laughs> Oh, I don't know. You're pretty good, though. And then, you know, take out a knife and be like, damn, you know what? You do it. You know, and it's like, oh, fucking hated that movie. Also, that's where we get the quote. Michael Myers like a shark. He he smell blood and come running. Or so, It's so bad. That's very yeah. fun. Yeah, I'm going to yep. pull it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know what? Chris, are you familiar with our show? Uh, I have, you know, I have become familiar with with it since episode 207. Yeah. Why do you put guests on the spot? Like I this? love hearing it because they're always so polite. You're such, I don't know if you're a sadist <laughs> or a masochist. I can't make up my mind which one you are. No, I feel like we're getting big headed over here. I love, I love it. It's like, Chris is the nicest dude. There's no way he's not going to like stumble and be we like, I haven't oh. talked to a not nice person I, except for Ben, uh, Benson Moorhead. Oh yeah. <laughs> I blame us. They were just bored. Knock on wood. Anyway, um, recently we've been introducing clips. So uh, I've got a couple. I'm going to throw them in here oh, if they if they're appropriate. Chris, I, anyway, go back. You were talking about herding cats and uh, directing. Well, I, I just I want to go back. I, I am interested. That, Chris, how long from soup to nuts? How long was this process? Like, uh, how long was the shoot? Uh, for for, uh, for you know, we, yeah, we started. You know, the um, I started writing the script in October 2017, and we premiered the movie at the Vine out here in Livermore. Uh, September 2019. So we were just under, uh, you know, we were basically at two years. Okay. Yeah. That's Um, not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Especially because, you know, for an indie film and you're talking about a micro budget shoot, dude, you have a lot of locations. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so what I will, you know, if, if there's a aspect of it that, uh, you know, of which I'm the most proud, it, it would be the producing. And that's where I have, you know, the most experience as compared to uh, writing or directing. And um, I, you know, I am psyched with with how many, you know, different places we were able to shoot. But that's also, you know, a testament to how cool people were around here. Um, you know, the folks at the Meadowlark Dairy and there's a shot in there of Earl Anthony's uh bowling alley and i had already mentioned king kong comics and um a lot of people opened up their homes and i I do feel like you know one way to kind of make a movie look a little bit more expensive is just to vary the locations and and if you can have kind of cool looking locations and um and we lucked out that so many people were were that so many people said yes although i will also tell you that that the whole process was you know a game of wins and losses where, uh, you know, if we needed a pizza shop and it was, it was kind of, you know, it'd be kind of tough during pre-pro because I might reach out to 20 different, uh, pizza places asking if we could, you know, film in their kitchen with a bunch of people for free and, uh, and, you know, shut them down for so many hours. And of course, tons of people were just like, no, you can't do that. And, um, and every time you get a no, you're like, ah, man. Is, are we ever going to make this movie? But eventually you get that one person who says yes. And that's, you only need that one. Yes. To shoot the scene. So, um, 
that was a good that was a good part of the learning process, I think. So who did say yes? So that kitchen is actually an industrial kitchen that um, it's called Elegant Brie, and they do like pa- like uh, I think they do like cookies and pastries and stuff like that. Um, but they also um, lease out the space. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> uh, they also lease out the space to um, uh, you know to like I don't know if if folks want to come in there and and cook a bunch of stuff but they don't you know if they're not a restaurant or whatever dude i worked in a kitchen like that i worked for a company called ramen hero and uh they were a startup but they leased like you would have tables on a time clock okay and then and then they there were just a bunch of other people working around you it was fucking hectic but now that you mention that it totally looks that way also i just turned on the mic to use the soundboard because yeah, I'm just going to say it now. I was going to wait for it to happen. I want, see, this is one of the things why I want Randy in here, because I developed a soundboard and I pull all these audio clips. And Randy, who's an ever-vigilant listener, he can drop these bombs in there. Me, as I'm a wordsmith and I'm trying to craft a conversation, I always end up finding myself veering it so that I can just hit a damn button. We're slowly turning into a morning <laughs> show in Central Florida. I know. And so I turned, I turned on the thing, and then I fucking hit the button on accident, and it was the wrong clip. Anyway, in Death Blood, something gets into a pizza, and I had this ready. That's a lot of Sasquatch cheese. Because the place was called <laughs> Bigfoot Pizza. So I fucked that up. But Clark, who instantly got mad at me, I'm going to call you out now because earlier when you were talking, he knocked his damn mic out of the arm and it fell on his computer. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even notice. See? I know. That's why I had to out him. Okay. Yeah. Back to, back to pizza. Without the questions. (laughs) Yeah, Chris, I know I, I did a great job giving you an easy segue in there. No, I, uh, I, I, uh, where'd you print those shirts? Because the first, okay. Bigfoot pizza. There's a little Bigfoot holding a giant slice of pizza. (laughs) And instantly I was like, no fucking way. Is there a video store (laughs) next to a comic book shop next to Bigfoot pizza? Yeah. Uh, so, so we, um, you know, I bought, I just bought those shirts at like Michael's or something, Hobby Lobby or something like that. And you know how you could print those, uh, you could print graphics and we just ironed them on ourselves. Copyright uh, that. That's yeah. a good logo. The yeah. first thing Oxana was in there and she was like, I want one of those. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I worked at my first job in, um, was working at Papa Murphy's pizza in Pleasanton and, and actually their kitchen looked a lot like the kitchen that we ended up shooting in. So that's kind of, you know, where I got that, um, you know, where I got that inspiration, I guess there were good times working at a pizza shop. Yeah. How old were you when you started working there? Uh, I was, I think 16 and 17. Dude, was were you terrified at the beginning? Yeah. I, I, um, my, my boss who ended up being this great guy, but, um, at the beginning I was terrified of him. He, <laughs> um, he would yell all the time and he was like really particular about, I mean, money, saving methods and everything like that. And it was like a, the first six months, it was like very intense. And then one day I just kind of had it. And, um, and I kind of like snapped a little bit at him, like not, not like really crazy, but I just was kind of like short with him, I guess. And then after that, he was cool the rest of the time. And it was a great time. Dude, I just got to punk him out, man. That's the one. (laughs) Well, you know, it's the, 
there's corporate on one end and then there's like the mom and pop. And that's kind of like where your family where it's like, you're not going to get fired here, but they're going to say you fucking idiot. Look at you and be like, you piece of shit. What the fuck did you do? And that was also my first job. I think I was 18 though. And I was so fucking lazy. And my dad literally called up because he had worked there like a decade ago. And he was just like, you're hiring my boy. And they're like, we don't need anybody. He's like, it doesn't fucking matter. You're hiring him. <laughs> I went there and I was such a douche. And I remember being terrified because I'm like, I don't know how to cook. How the fuck am I going to make a pizza? Yeah. Like that's how narrow my worldview was. Also, I, it was a mom and pop. The, the guy who owned it married the daughter who owned the franchise of Round oh. Table. So wow. he was a franchise holder. And he used to play for the Cardinals. He was a first round draft pick. Back when um, the signing bonus for that was less than $100,000. We're talking football Cardinals, not football, baseball Cardinals. Football Cardinals. And uh, he actually left the NFL to go play in the Hawaii League, where uh, he said he broke up with his girlfriend after he found her shitting on somebody. I'm sorry? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and Danny Thomas? I, dude, I know. This, but this is the kind of shit that happens when, uh, pardon the, the word there, but um, when you're working in a mom and pop place. And yeah. even, you know, shit story aside, when I saw those motherfuckers playing around in there, I got nostalgic for it. So yeah. it makes sense <laughs> that you worked in one. Yeah, we well, yeah, we did kind of uh kind of joke. And you said you worked at a it was a round table? Round table, yeah. So, you know, part of this, there there used to be a round table on Main Street in um yep. in Pleasanton. <laughs> yeah, Randy will probably uh Been and there that, many a time, yeah. Yeah, and that was and that kind of when I like I had started sort of writing like a pizza movie that would, that kind of eventually became death blood. Um, but like ideas for this pizza movie. And I, w- I used to rather than envision the, um, the Papa Murphy's that I worked at, I would actually think about the, um, the round table on main street just because it had, it, it was actually like a, this really cool um, kind of layout and it had a little arcade area and it was a pretty cool place. And now it's a, um, a coffee shop. Uh, but we, and we still shot there, uh, at the coffee shop. We shot, um, you know, outside when, whenever, um, Sean gets slapped by Bigfoot, that's back behind Inkling. So anyway, kind of connects a little bit. This, uh, what used to be a round table, uh, still kind of survives in the movie. I like how you just casually mention a Bigfoot slapping. Although, you know what? Oksana was like, wait, I think in the movie you make mention of it being like the Bigfoot capital. Right. Yeah. That's a Pleasanton is not the Bigfoot capital. No, no, there's no Bigfoot. I mean, it's, it, it would work a lot better if we lived up in Oregon or, or, uh, you know, I know in Idaho and Washington, they've got a lot of Bigfoot kind of pride or whatever. No, fuck no, them. We, we've got Bigfoot pride in California. You go up a couple hours, Willow Creek. We got Willow Creek. Sure. Yeah. We got that one. I, know, I can't think. Happy, happy camp. Happy camp. There you go. That's it. Two yeah. great found footage movies after those names, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, you, you, uh, what are you? Uh, are you a found footage horror fan? Um, I mean, I've, I've, I, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I've seen, um, I love that. You, you know, some of the, some, of, you know, I've seen Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity and stuff like that. But, um, but honestly, I and I do, I do enjoy horror, but um, I w- would be careful about. Uh, classifying myself like specifically as a horror fan just because like the like the horror movie fans some of the horror movie fans that i know are like assholes yes <laughs> well <Lame>. i mean <laughs> these guys 
know like so much like they go so deep into horror i mean horror is it's a huge huge space and um and i probably end up watching a whole lot of other kinds of movies i do like horror and i'm sure i like horror more than like your average person but compared to like your actual like horror buffs i can't even yeah i can't even begin to to compete I feel with you on that, Chris. I will never earn the respect of the man sitting across the table from me. Bullshit. <laughs> it's constantly, you always say, how many years did it take for you to finally realize that I do like found footage? Uh, you hey. yelled at me during the when we were interviewing um, Nigel Bach. Thank you so much. Because I was like, you know, Clark doesn't even like found footage, and then you scolded me. Yeah. Yeah, I have PTSD. That's why and I then, remember. And then at least once a month, you say, well, Clark, Clark's not, the, Clark's not no, a big horror no. fan. The no. New, the new thing I say is, he's not a big slasher fan. That's old. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm not a slasher fan because I I don't have, you know, 22 chromosomes. Yet you tweeted out a poll for uh, what franchise you wanted to dip, dip into. I know. God Chris, did it. you answer that tweet? No. What What were the options? What no, could so, I have answered? So I, I was going to uh, four horror franchises that uh, I had only seen, I think, the first out of all, except for Hellraiser. So Hellraiser was one. Um, Phantasm. Jaws and The Exorcist. So I said, which one of these horror franchises should I binge over the weekend? Now, going in to Saturday morning, The Exorcist was winning. And so Friday night, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a head start. Hmm. Love the first Exorcist. Watch that one. Woke up Saturday and Phantasm had won the poll. So then I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And was this uh, this past weekend or when was this? This oh this was yesterday yeah so uh, okay. I so Chris I'm going to spoil this for you I split the difference <laughs> so I watched I watched The Exorcist one, okay. Phantasm one, Phantasm two, and The Exorcist three. <laughs> how was how was uh, this was your first time seeing uh, any of any of the Phantasm movies or any of the Phantasm? How'd you like them? You know I <sighs> dream stuff. I'm sure you're going to talk about it in depth yeah. in the interview, but yeah. Dream stuff is not... I like. Look, the practical effects were great. And frankly, the one scene in Phantasm 2 where the tall man appears out of the back of the girl, yeah. that's worth your price of admission right there. That was... Now, Chris, I'm guessing you're a Phantasm fan. I've never seen any Phantasm. Oh, dude, okay. Well, they're, they're worth They're worth it. At least one and two. No, well, you're talking okay. about not being a, like... Uh, cut me and I bleed green horror fan phantasm will be for you. Um, a lot of film fans like it because narratively the first one is strange. Yeah. And you're you're talking about dream movies. It's not like inception or something narratively. It's just so like disembodied, but two, two is even more disembodied. But the other thing, the franchise as a whole, when you get into like two, three, four, and then finally the indie, um, ending in five. Yeah. There's a lot of storytelling and, I'll tell you part five when it aired or when it showed the Alamo showed it in theater two and it sold out like 30 chairs. Right. And the people that went are the same horror kids I mentioned earlier, the monster kids. And they love all the storytelling because it's sci-fi. It gets fucking weird. There are midgets from another dimension that have increased gravity (laughs) and they're stealing corpses. Like, yeah. It's kind of it's storytelling that you have to pay attention to to sure. really get rewarded for, and I, yeah, I think that would really work for you. But on that same note, I think I think you got to look at uh, 
found footage horror again too. Now, the horror community shits all over found footage horror, and I apologize to everybody listening. I know this comes up all the time, but it's that part in the interview where I have to pitch you found footage horror. Now, you went to film school. Sure. Who, who are some of your um, favorite directors? Currently? or uh, Like prolific people. Like Clark's a hack and he always talks about Kubrick. But I'm sure you have much more avant-garde and interesting. More people than Kubrick. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, um, you know, we kind of we cycle through, um, you know, various different folks. Uh, we recently went through all of um, Noah Baumbach's movies. Um, and uh, I guess yesterday we watched, I, I saw Love's Dreams for the first time, but I, I do like uh, John Cassavetes. I like, you know, I do like to watch his, his movies. I also, um, you know, it's not very, it's not very uh, uh, PC, I guess, but I do watch a Woody. lot of Woody Allen. Oh, that was uh, my guess. <laughs> Randy's same. a big Woody Allen fan. Oh yeah. yeah? Cassavetes as well. Yeah. Cool. Got Woody. that uh, Criterion box set looking at it right now. <laughs> yep yep that, i got the same uh, i got that same box set um yeah Dude, and y'all fought in high school look at this <laughs> bonding over pedophiles <laughs> have either of you watched cuties i'm gonna shoehorn that in <laughs> no i have not no all right we got to get together this is this is what we're gonna do chris the first time we hang out we're gonna watch <laughs> cuties and they're going to be those white guys that everybody hates, where it's like, no, it's actually like a really good film. Dude, about, I, th- I think they may take it down. Sir. It's a, it's a culture clash. I know, and we haven't watched it yet. Right. Anyway, back to Woody Allen. Oh, well, come on. What about my my favorite pedophile? Um, uh, I can't think of his damn name. Polanski. Now. There we go, Polanski. Yeah, I mean, I you know I love Chinatown. I I am a film noir uh, fan, so um, uh, you know I dig. I do dig uh, Chinatown, but I also prefer a lot of those older, like um, Fritz Lang and uh, Samuel Fuller. Yep, and Billy Wilder, and and I just started getting into um, Jules Dassin. Oh um, uh, yeah, yeah, and I I watched Rafifi, and I was really kind of blown away. So I picked up a bunch of his other movies, but I haven't watched them yet. Um, but you know, I also dig uh, David Cronenberg. I've seen every single one of his movies. Um, big. Big fan of his and uh Ooh, have you watched the movies that his son has made? No. So what no. antiviral and possessor. Okay. Well possessor's not yet released. It's not out, but I'm sure you got a torn thing. Just fucking watch it. <laughs> you buy he buys DVDs. Now I will tell people to download a movie when I know they're out there buying the physical media. Because I'm you know, I download shit and then I fucking buy it. Dude, we've been it's been a great weekend. every five minutes there's been a new movie showing up. Actually, I should put that on Instagram. Anyway, you've <laughs> proven your your merit as a film fan. Now I need to pitch to you why found footage is worth your time. Okay. So uh, there's a director, Michael Goy. He is a, uh, I think he was head of the Cinematographers Guild. He's won awards. He's very, uh, you know, respected in the um, field. He made a movie called Megan is Missing. Okay. Now, have you ever heard of that? No. So Megan is Missing is a film about a, uh, Two teenage girls who are kind of it's it's found footage, so they're all documenting their um activities and stuff. One of them is a outgoing party girl, and the other one is kind of like an introvert. But you learn they they have bad past and you know they have troubled uh home life, and one of them goes missing. So the other girl starts looking into it, and then she goes missing. And it's a bleak, dark film that 
I found because I was perusing uh, um, YouTube or no, it was uh, I think it was on Netflix for a minute early on. And I was looking at something that me and my buddy could laugh at. And it's like, oh, here's an indie movie. And we're watching it. And then we're laughing. And then it's one of those films where halfway through, we just stop talking. And then it kind of ends. And you're just kind of like, oh, God. And um, Michael, he got a lot of flack for making this movie. One, it's, you know, the subject matter. We don't like seeing young girls uh, get abducted. Sure. And another was people were like, why the fuck did you make a found footage movie? And it's like, he's this respected dude. And he, he would argue that he made this film because he read an article about a real girl being abducted. And he was like, you know, when you're looking at it in a newspaper, nobody really, we don't really think about it much. And he wanted to make a film that basically punished the audience. He wanted people to really live in it. Like, yeah. and he said the best way to do it was I, I had to, you know, pursue verisimilitude and he really wanted it to feel real as much mm-hmm. as he could. So he chose the medium that everybody shit on kind of unanimously post uh, Blair Witch. So my, my long winded argument here is just that there's a lot the platform can add and it's a different narrative approach. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'll email you a big list or I mean, fuck you're willing to come hang out. You should come down here and then we'll, uh, we'll watch a bunch of it. And yeah, not just to bully you into it for uh, Randy revenge, but because of course you got to make one, you got to make one so we can show it at our fucking film fest. Yeah, actually I would, I wouldn't mind doing a deep dive into, um, in the found footage. Cause like I said, I have really barely touched it. So it would, it would all be new stuff and it's always enjoyable to, uh, the discovery is one of the best parts of, you know, being a, being a movie person, I think hundred percent. You gotta have an open mind though. But it's it's about the chase, man. It's right. like it's like it's like druggies. You understand? It's go. what druggies say. It's <laughs> not the doing of the drugs. It's the going to get the drugs. That's the rush. It's the same thing with films. It's the discovery. Yep. Yep. You gotta keep going. Come on, build on this. I'm <laughs> think about, you go think full about okay. Think about think about the t- when you fell in love with movies. All when right. was that? When did you fall in love with movies? Ooh. I think it was when I hurt my leg and I couldn't play football for a while in high school. High school. Yeah. Yeah. And so what did you do? I watched movies. How? How? Um, I think I would, uh, uh, Suncoast, we would buy DVDs oh, and God. I would, you know, you just because- have extra money in your pocket. No, paying but- $37 for ready to rumble. That's why they had a <laughs> section and you know, horror movies, you just try and get them the fuck out the door. Yeah. And, you know, I like being around people. So we have a bunch of friends over. It's like, oh, Chris, you know, I don't really know this guy. Let's bring him over. We'll hang out and we'll throw in a movie that we can bond over uh, while riffing. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to build them? 100%. No, I was just saying. Like, it, it's, it, it definitely, uh, again, back to, you know, the movie store. That definitely a lot of people still hold movie stores very near and dear to the heart. It, because that was just breeding grounds for exploration. Yeah. Is that everything is right there. And you're just looking at all these spines and looking at the covers and then, it, 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 you know, it, I, I remember um, it, college was a big time for me, really, because in, in high school, we would go to whatever new horror movie was going on that weekend. So my senior year of high school, we went every weekend and saw every piece of garbage movie that was released in 2004, 2005. <laughs> so we're talking uh, Boogeyman. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was the uh, Michael Keaton White Noise? Oh, yeah. That was yeah. bad. Uh, oh, Constantine. Yeah. Constantine, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and of course, uh, 
the Saw franchise is very near and dear to my heart because of that time. So it's definitely the exploration and finding things. I remember being in Blockbuster. And I worked at Movie Gallery, and Movie Gallery is really uh, – Movie Gallery also, uh, Chris, uh, I, it's a local chain in the south. I'm, I'm originally from Mississippi, but uh, they bought out Hollywood Video. So Hollywood Video and Movie Gallery were one and the same. Okay. Um, and uh, But in my area, if you wanted to go to the art house films, it was Blockbuster. Blockbuster had everything. Oh, that? <laughs> yeah, which is strange, right? Because Blockbuster had – I watched Uncut Caligula at my Blockbuster. That's a hell of a title. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Literally uncut. And um, they had the French incest films that you were like really dying for. Well, it was just one of those things. It was just like, have you seen this? People's, you're not supposed to watch this. And like little things like that just spark an interest. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, Did you say Mississippi is where you? Yes. So did you have a Hastings uh, anywhere near you? Uh, uh, Like a shop called Hastings? Hastings. There was, I, I, I briefly lived in, um, Tennessee and mm-hmm. they had like this, um, like movie video, uh, music store called Hastings. And I never saw one in California. So I wasn't sure if it was something I've never, I've never known actually, if it was like a chain that is located back that way. But, um, but similarly, that's where I picked up a huge portion of, of the movies that I would end up, you know, uh, kind of becoming inspired by and everything similar. A very similar story, I think. Of what were they? Were they like an Fye or like? Yeah, it was like Fye. And I remember we had an, an Fye in the Stone Ridge Mall in Pleasanton. But they, the the thing was, is that Fye I felt was like kind of expensive. But Hastings did sell used DVDs, and um, and they were super cheap. It was like a you know a couple of dollars per movie, and um. And I feel like at that rate, I was always willing to take more of a risk and just buy random stuff, you know? Oh, hell yeah. No, for sure. And I, you know, Tower Record out here was, was great for that. They had a good used bin. But, you know, it's I never thought about this. You, you grew up in, you know, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Out here in the Bay Area, like, pretentious art films just felt like part of our culture. Like, I mean, we had La Video, which just had, like, that was a blockbuster with, like, foreign art house cinema like just you would go there and you you pat yourself on the back for doing it yeah no idea yeah i was completely blind to everything i i remember the day where i discovered uh, Eraserhead. i had no idea what who david lynch was i just saw this crazy guy with this crazy hair on this <laughs> cover and then i immediately texted my friend hunter um who was my manager um at the video store when i was working there at college and he he was essentially my sherpa to the, you know, huh. Ruby Mountain. And uh, so I texted him. I was like, hey, what is a racer head? And he's like, dude. And there we go. Off to the races we go. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a fun. I There's this guy who I used to work with at the pizza shop, and his name was Matt. He was like two years older than me, but that felt at the time like he was like had this infinite wisdom and everything. Yeah. And I remember, you know, we would talk about we'd be on the um the pizza line and you know like one of us is doing sauce one of us is doing cheese and you're passing the pizzas down and um we would talk about movies and i remember like one time he's like oh dude i just saw this crazy movie and he wrote videodrome down on a sticky note you got to go find this movie and watch it and uh honestly you know videodrome is probably one of those earlier movies where where it's suddenly you're like i don't know suddenly you realize that there's more than just 
the Disney films and all this kind of stuff that you grew up on, you know, for me, that was, that was that probably that movie. Yeah, man. All these stories I'm getting like, I'm getting like juice going. I got a really good one. Cause that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, my story also at the pizza place. Yes. One of the dudes I worked with Manuel, he was an older uh, Latin uh, fellow from Cuba. He would say really raunchy things to you. Like uh, he'd come over to your ear and be like, I want to take a nice cube baby and spit it into your butthole. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, we were homies with this guy. At one time we tried to pay him to come to a party. Like, come on, man, come to the party. He was so much older. He threw an egg at one of us and hit a customer at one point. It was, hard boiled. It was hard boiled. Same. Anyway, he was quoting, um, belly. No. Oh. And I, I, this is where I learned the phrase, uh, smells like wetback dick. <laughs> Like, what the yes. hell are you saying? Randy, use that as a drop point. We can't be canceled. Nobody's paying for this show. They only pay in moral, uh, I don't know. POVhorror.com? <laughs> POV horror, yeah. God rest your soul. Anyway, yeah, so I learned the pizza place. Like, what the hell is that from? I'm like, oh, it's this movie in Belly. I'm like, it's a movie in Belly. And then, you know, we got some beer and went and watched Gummo. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, you know, I just want this forever. So it turned to Amoeba, and I would just buy anything in their cult section. That's how I learned about Uncle Goddamn. I got I to gotta find that. That's not a wide-released movie. It's home videos of an, uh, of an alcoholic uncle, I guess, uh-huh. who uh, he would pass out, and people would just fuck with him. And he would just be, like, <laughs> half-conscious and go, God damn. God damn. <laughs> Dude. I'm going to pull that. Chris, you're going to come over. We're going to watch that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> we got back to Cronenberg and really branding Cronenberg. He is the perfect blend of, oh, you got to watch antiviral during the quarantine. Okay. I'll write it down. Yeah. That one is available. I believe. Randy, am I correct? Oh yeah. I came in like, yeah, I watched it on, 13. or I think it was like a couple bucks to rent or something. Antiviral streaming. Yeah. That one really works. It talks about celebrity and viruses. It's like, yeah, it's perfect for the quarantine. I mean, fuck, I guess there's no rush. We're still going to be doing this for another year, so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone yeah. want to build on that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've held, we've held Chris hostage long enough. Uh, Chris, before we let you loose, um, tell us what you're working on and uh, what can we expect from you next? I know it's that's sort of a loaded question now with everything still being shut down, but um, what can you tell us? So, you know, what we're, what we're hoping to get uh, out next is we're, we're working on a story, this anthology story that's called uh, "The Town That Bleeds," and um, uh, basically what it is is it, it takes place in Livermore because that's where just the most of us, you know, are are located here. And um, and each each one of us will do a little like ten or twelve minute short. It's kind of like creep show, you know, um, but they will all be um, they all somehow have to do with with something about Livermore. So there's one called, you know, Vampire Vineyards, and it has to do with like the wine country part of Livermore, but like there's this vampirus who who runs one of the vineyards. And then there's another one, um, the 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 Lawrence Livermore Lab is kind of like a big looming part of the of the um story where like it's affecting a lot of what's happening in the in the different shorts. Um so you know we're we're kinda we we have a bunch of scripts written for that. We haven't selected all of what will be in, and we're still looking for one or two more um, directors to uh, to jump on. So if you guys know anybody, 
Oh, um, for sure. I was yeah. literally going to say, you're a producer, and we have so many people out here who are, I don't know, we seem to attract people who think that we're actually doing something, and all we're doing is kind of tricking cool guys like you to talk to us. And uh, No, we could for sure send you some directors that would be very excited about that. Speak for yourself, dude. I'm cool as shit. I'm wearing sunglasses right now. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that, that that could be a big help. Um, and really, the idea is to just get some more content done, but that, you know, each team isn't having to, you know, carry a whole 90-page feature for the next couple of years. Just you could focus on your little piece, and then, um, you know, uh, we, we'll put it all together, and, and we'll have something else. But, I mean, the thing is, is the quarantine has given us plenty of time to write. And it gives us some capabilities to pre-produce, but um, it's hard enough to make, to get, you know, a movie together without having to worry about all of the the COVID stuff. So I will say that I don't think we're really going to start, well, I don't think we're going to go into production on anything until things get, you know, somewhat back to, you know, back to normal. Um, I mean, it's, it's like it's hard enough to remember to ha- bring water to set every day, let alone <laughs> you got to think about hand sanitizer and make sure that everybody's distant and all that. I mean, even casting and all that kind of stuff, just it seems like COVID is going to make it so much more of a pain. So I, I don't know when it's going to I don't know when we're really going to push forward, but we are still kind of in the the um, development kind of ideation phase. So um, so that's that's what we're hoping to have next. We need that Bill Gates chip. Yeah. We need it in our vaccine. Clark, you still with us? Yeah. You know what? I got an idea, too. I got an idea for a short. We'll bring back G7, and we'll call it... The Brothel of Robots. The Brothel of Robots? <laughs> <laughs> I knew I could shoehorn that in somehow. <laughs> anyway, Chris, um, you're part of the family. Uh, also, fuck you for not telling us when your movie came out originally. You should know about the Overlook Theater. Cool. <laughs> We're over here. We're grinding for all the indie guys. We're in the Bay Area. And um, I mean, fuck, dude. Uh, I don't know. You're part of the family now. Cool. Well, I, I, you know, I, I appreciate the, uh, the chance to come out and talk to you guys. And I'm serious. I would love to go out and, and um, watch some movies. And uh, I think that the the mission of linking people together around the Bay area, um, is pretty important because that is, I don't know, it's just how stuff gets done. And that is something that LA has going for it is people are always running into each other. And the, the more we could do that here, the better off we'll be. That's beautiful. Together. Yeah. That's it. Well, Chris, thanks again, man. Thank you, fellas.